it's time for another Winner's Corner. Hey, y'all. So, we're talking about the results of Episode 80, Stewards of Sound, the 2020s. Yes, and we had our friend Sarah join us for this one, and it's great. So, Kyle, what's those results? That's right. Three stacked boards, an incredible playlist. So, in second place, we have a two-way tie. You and myself with 16 points. And then, obviously, in first place, our good friend Sarah with 32 points. Absolutely crushing her first appearance on the podcast. We had a tie, huh? That's great. I, I'll take that. Because <laughs> I knew we were not It feels a little better than Sarah. getting third place. <laughs> right. Um, Sarah just had the board that I knew the uh, the populace would be very behind. So I can't be too mad on this one. My board was probably the most personal board I've ever had. So I'm okay yep. with the tie. I thought you were going to beat me also real bad. So this is a surprise. I Yeah, this is one where I I don't typically vote in the polls and I voted for your board just because I feel like it was the most diverse, but honestly all three of them, like that playlist is just an absolute jam. It is. Everyone go listen to it right now. We have links for it everywhere. And so then Sarah, congrats on that first W. another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle kyle how's it going over there not bad man how are you i'm good i'm good i just finished another rewatch of one of my favorite comedies letter kenny how are you now not so bad (laughs) in you uh it's i you know the my canadian friends say it's very accurate and not accurate at the same time i'm still trying to decipher that but i love that show so uh but yeah have you uh you've been doing all right yeah i've been mostly just plugging away on my star wars rewatch i'm this close to finishing rebels uh just got through jedi knight so i am not okay but you know loving the rewatch (laughs) great great all right and also we have two amazing guests joining us today friends of the pod Kristen, how are you doing Anticlimactic because my mic was off. But otherwise, I am doing super excellent. I'm very excited for this draft, not because I am the most confident about it, but because I am excited to talk to other people who have just been consciously trying to watch as many 2021 movies as possible because I feel insane. <laughs> of course. So many. In her, right. So many. In her other half, Dominic, how's it going, man? It's bad, guys. It's horrible. I feel like shit. I have been also <laughs> watching 2021 movies like crazy these last three weeks, and a lot of them are really fucking sad. And, and so I've so just I've been loved this year. Sad boy, uh, the last basically month. It's the year of the Kyle, is what it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I also hate it. It's a it's a it's a it's a great relationship I've got to it. Yeah. Super healthy. Sure. Great, great. Um, Kyle, let's go ahead and get into it. Why are we here today? 
Yes, it's been alluded to. This is a special episode of our Acolytes of Film series. We're bringing it back for a month of celebrating 2021. We were talking about the movies of 2021. It's been a really fun year for movies. I feel like 2020, for you know obvious reasons, like it, varying levels of movies in quality and all that. It, there was a slow start this year. Like I would say January to maybe April or May. It was like nothing was out. And then I feel like all of a sudden, just everything, you know, there's there's so much to choose from. I have about 15 honorable mentions we're going to get to. Uh, but yeah, we each get four picks, um, which is feels like a smaller number each draft. Um, yeah, our, our favorite movies of the year. So to decide the draft order, as always, we have our list game. Let me draw a card for my handy dandy deck of cards. I already see Dom shaking his head because he's. I'm bad so at bad at these. Kristen is so good at them, and I hate That's it. Correct. I'm pretty sure every time the both of you have been on, one of you has won the list game. So I don't <laughs> want to hear it. It's <laughs> fair. All right, let's go. Let's see. Movies beginning with the letter W. So let's start with Kristen, and then Dom, and then Damon, and then myself. Cool. I'm gonna say Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, was it? Yep. Yep. Nice. World. <clears throat> God damn it, guys. Do I have to come up with a, a double? <laughs> You're making <laughs> me look bad. <laughs> hey, Wayne's World 2. Right? Uh, who uh, framed Roger Rabbit? There we go. Uh, the original uh, Westworld movie. That's a good one. Um... There's like infinite amount of movies, and I'm what am I thinking of? Um, White men can't jump. Nice. Uh, when Harry met Sally. West Side Story. Motherfucker, I was just about to say that. Um, Wild Wild West. <laughs> Whiplash. Mm, fuck you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Waterworld. Uh, War of the Worlds. Wild Wild West 2. Is that There's a movie? second one? I don't I think, think there is. is. I don't think that's a movie. <laughs> look it up right now. I'm calling you bullshit. said it really Unless you're counting I Damon's really remake starring and written by Donald Glover, then no, we're not counting that. <laughs> Man, there's not. That's nope. a, well, I'll allow it. There's not? <laughs> I felt real confident about that, but that was wrong. Yeah. It's like oh. you were going to try to like speak it into existence. Like if you said I, it really confidently, people would just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one. What's Eating Gilbert Great? There we go. Am I next uh, or is Kyle next? No, it's Kyle. Okay. It's me. The way we were. The Wolf of Wall Street. Or many W's. Watchmen. Where the wild things are. Wall Street without the wolf. White House uh, Down? Is that a movie? Yes, Correct. it is. Is that the name of it? The first right? time I've heard about it. And it came out like, I was going to say, it came out the same year as another movie also about the White House. Yeah, like yeah. Olympus Has Fallen or something? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I hate when that happens. It's great. Uh, let's see. Oh, got to get my Christmas list ready today. Uh, White Christmas. Nice. Uh, Wicker Man. Nice. White Chicks. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
Oh God, I can't remember the subtitle because there is a Wall Street too. Because I know Shia LaBeouf's in it. Nice. Uh, now I know what I'm going to say if you get it wrong. I know. I know. God damn it. Wall Street. It kind of sounds. Money kinda, never sleeps. I was going to say it kind of sounds like a James it. Bond title, yeah, but like yeah, it's yeah. not a James Bond movie. <laughs> I think that's um, a little boring. Uh, no, well, that counts. There is no two, but right. okay. Wall Street. Money never sleeps. Uh, Wizard of Oz. The Wiz. Um, Willow. Oh, without a paddle. That was a movie. That is a, that's a good movie. Well done. Underrated well done. comedy. Yeah. Five, four, three. Whistle. There's a movie called Whistle, right? That's a noun. <laughs> that doesn't make sure. That doesn't guarantee it's a movie. <laughs> Let's uh, see. There is a movie called Whistle. There's, there's a couple, actually. There's Stop one it. in 2002 starring Dominic Moffham. Did Sarah he write, Lindman. did Damon write all of them? Like how? There's another one from 2003. No, I forgot and just said Whistle because I figured there's a movie called Whistle. So the 2003 is a Bollywood horror movie. Yeah, because the first one is one. only 29 minutes. So I don't, that's a short, but the second one is definitely a Bollywood movie. All right. Well, I mean, I might bastard. not make it after this one. So let's see. Uh, what about Bob? What about him? It's a great movie. It's a very uh, good movie. Whatever happened to Harold Smith in the same thing? Hmm. When a stranger calls. Ooh. Uh, the Wailing. Waterboy. Hmm. Wuthering Heights. I was just gonna say that. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I pulled this one out when. So we used this deck of cards from the Blockbuster board game. I actually played it with my family over Thanksgiving, and we got That's this cheating. category. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was definitely using it as a, a way to prep for the podcast. Um, there's a movie that's just called W, and it's about George W. Bush. <gasps> mm-hmm. Very true. <gasps> world War Z also had a letter in it. Ah. Five, four, three. Witches. Nice. Uh, let's see. Five, four. There's three. war. There's just a movie called War. Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did they, make war, did they make War Jason Horse Taylor. a movie? Is that also? Yes. Yeah. Back to Damon. Oh, is it me now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I should have just let the, the time go out. <laughs> well, I, I, I didn't realize that Kristen had answered already. Five. Four. Three women in black. The woman in black. <laughs> no. Women in black. <laughs> it's like a in... Ghostbusters reboot, but 
Hey, I'm here for it. I'd watch it. I'd watch I that, will watch but... it. Yeah. <laughs> if Rosario Dawson is still interested in being part of the franchise, I will watch it. Yes, please. Oh, my God. Forgot. What, was she in the first one? She was in the first one. Yeah. Okay. Did, did I save myself? Am I out? That's out. Yeah, that's that's not a movie. <laughs> well, I, I changed it to Woman in Black. Yeah, that's a right movie. After. Oh, oh, I, I thought we were still saying women. Like, no, girl. I was saying I oh, said no, woman in yeah. black, like the Daniel, I, the Daniel Radcliffe like movie. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That's yes, that counts. Okay. Uh, let's see. Warrior. Mm, great movie. Mm-hmm. Did we say when Harry met Sally? Mm-hmm. Yes. We did. My WH is who's, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? There we go. The Warriors. I think come out to play. <laughs> um, five, four, wild three. hogs. It's an aggressive pick. <laughs> they're wild. They're they are fair. No, I'm wild. I could have drafted that for the Rotten Tomatoes one. Uh, working girl. Yeah. I was just watching the Bob's Burgers episode and I was like, it's not called Work Harder, Die Trying Girls, original movie. <laughs> what a great mashup. Wallace and Gromit? Yeah, there's like 15 of them. So I'm sure you've got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What women want? Wally. Mm. Wally. What men want? Uh, let's that is see. A movie. Five, four, three. The way back. Ben Affleck, last year. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh my God! Yeah. I'm really impressed we're still going. Um, I'm still, I'm impressed I'm still here. Yeah. I was like, oh, everyone's like, W, that's a hard one. I was like, no, there's so many words that start with W. This is fine. All right. <laughs> Five, four. The Wall. Yeah, I think. We're only going to do WAL movies now. <laughs> <laughs> Getting real specific. Uh, let's see. Oh, God, I just had one. Oh, <laughs> The Way Way Back. <laughs> Was The Way We Were a movie? Yeah, I, I said okay, that earlier, though. You did, but I'm going to say wa Walk the Line. Oh, nice. God. <laughs> Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, walking tall. Did we do? Um... Walker Texas Ranger was not a movie. I don't know. I mean, he probably had some like TV movies. Right. Where's the ease now? We oh, we're back. A dinosaur story. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Win Dixie. 
That's uh, because movie. of Winn Dixie. Okay, I'll take it. I'm out. I, I can't come over with it anymore. <laughs> I don't know how I'm still here. All right. Um, I think there's a movie called The Way of the Samurai. Most sure. likely. Sounds just generic enough to be a, a movie title. Uh, I think, I think you're thinking of Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. <laughs> Is that the subtitle yeah. of that movie? So, yeah, Forrest <laughs> Whitaker fucked me again. <laughs> yeah, there is no movie just called that. Woo! Oh, it's Kristen wins. Damn it. Yes! In a shocking turn of events, Kristen wins the list game. I'm so good at the <laughs> alphabet. Fuck. <laughs> Go ABCs. Um, a, all right, Kristen. B-C's. All right. What's the order? I've been thinking a lot about this. So, I... The drop-off is very steep. The thing that happens when you pick just one year and not a whole decade. Because if we had done, like, the 70s, but you can only pick movies from, like, 1974, we all would have been screwed. We've had the opposite yep. problem that we had last time. So I am going to have Damon go first because I think he's least likely to have the same tastes that I had. So I probably won't lose to him. And I don't have to wait as long for my second pick. And then I would like to go second. <sighs> And I don't want either Kyle or Dominic to go at all. But <laughs> just Chris and Damien. Well, you guys could do like a wild. joint pick. Like you guys get to share a slot. So I'm gonna I feel bad that Dominic lost so early, so I'm gonna let him go third, and then I will have Kyle go fourth. Fuck. Okay. Fine. I can I can work with this. I can work with this. Because okay. I'm pretty sure Damon's going to pick some horror movie that was like made in Finland, but nobody else saw that wasn't translated. <laughs> he can go first with that, and then I'll... Okay, you drafted Midsommar last time you were on the podcast. You're the one I who's going to draft a, a Finland horror movie. <laughs> I tried um, to watch a Danish horror movie last night, and I couldn't get the English version. Of that. I will say, there were some good horror movies this year. Yes. I don't know if they're going to hit my my big board, my top four. I'm going with the movie that is definitely in my top four movies. It is not what I consider my number one, but I'm getting it because I know other people like it. A lot of people liked it. And I cannot wait for part two. It's Dune, part one. Um, it was so epic on scale. Like, seeing that in a theater was just massive. The, the sound was almost overwhelming at points. It just kind of engulfed you. And a lot of the size of what you saw on screen was also just just massive okay like the sandworms were crazy the the planets themselves the the battle that happened that was maybe the most quiet somber battle i've seen in a long time like on that scale um i thought the acting and casting was perfect like rebecca ferguson was so good as lady jessica i this movie won me over for timmy timmy chalamet our boy um, I thought he was he did a really good job for what he had to do as Paul. I thought he showed a lot of, you know, reflection and thoughts, always something going on in his head, something, you know, he's always trying to figure something out and what he's seeing and what he isn't seeing. Duncan Idaho. So funny. <laughs> All time name. Every All time, time they that, said man. the name. Dominic laughed and said, that's not his name. It's been his name, it's been his name like, for like 60 name. years. So. That's his McLovin license plate name. <laughs> license name. He was brought back from the past or something. Like, they just <laughs> plucked him back from like the 80s or something. Like, 
this movie, everything about it, even when people said it dragged, I thought it was kind of needed almost. Like you wanted that time to kind of reflect and see where they're going because once you realize it was a part one, there was more to build towards. And it was real, the whole trip scene inside the tent was bonkers. Just, I, I still don't know how I feel about that one, but really, I just enjoyed the movie so much. I was completely enthralled. I thought the way they told you everything about what was happening and what was going on was very well done. I was not confused. I've never read the books. I really didn't know much about any of it. But by the end of it, I was like, yeah, I know what's going on. You know, this I know, you know, the what the alliance is and who's going after who. I, I cannot wait for part two. I love this movie. And I'm glad I got one because I, I was scared Kyle was going to get it. So, <laughs> Kristen, how are you feeling? I really like Dune. I'm a, so I'm a big David Lynch slash Kyle McLaughlin fan. So I was anxious about the Dune remake. Um, I was worried it was either going to be like way too serious, like take itself too seriously and be like boring in that regard, or it was going to go the opposite direction and just be even more ridiculous. Like when they do it in that show togetherness and they make the Dune like puppet musical, I was like, okay, we have like two big directions we could go in. And I'm glad that it landed in like a comfortable spot here where like it was very serious. You felt the weight of it. It felt like very intense without being like silly. Um, I think that because in the book, there's it's so dense in terms of like the world building. And I think it's a big like turnoff for a lot of people. So I think they did a really good job at like giving you enough information of like, here's what's going on in the universe at large. So you have an idea of where everybody stands and what's going on without being like, too confused or overwhelmed by it. I also really enjoyed Timothy Chalamet. I think he did an excellent job. Oscar Isaac was great. We're going to just be drafting a hot dads movie list. I think <laughs> at some point this mm -hmm. would go up there. Um, it was fun seeing the blind lawyer from Broadchurch be the witch. That was full of fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, I thought it was really well done. I was surprised by how much I liked it. And I think the visuals and the sound were just a big part of that. Just like sensory wise, it was very, like, very satisfying. Very much so. Dom, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I love this movie. I think it was pretty close to a perfect movie. Um, I, you know, the only reason I say pretty close is I'm sure there's something I'm not thinking about that is like not per technically perfect. But like when I think about that movie, all I think about are good things. I think the score is the first thing that jumps out to me, I love Hans Zimmer, um, and he is incredible yet again. Like, there are movies where sometimes the score feels like its own character almost, and it like feels like this integral part of this whole experience. That like, without it, it would just be a completely different movie. And that this is one of those cases to me. Mm -hmm. um, I think what Kristen said was is also like that's one of the things I loved about it is how approachable it was. Coming from someone who's never seen uh, the original movie and has never read the books or anything like that. Like they did a really great job of having these great scenes where like Oscar Isaac is talking to Timothy uh, Charlemagne, uh, our boy. And he's like having this great scene where we're getting both character development and he's also sort of like mapping out the, the politics of the galaxy for you so that you understand what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I the director is incredible. Obviously he's got a great track record. Like. I'm not, there's really nothing bad to say about this movie. I'm bummed I didn't get it, but uh, I thought it was really great. Kyle, are you sad that I got this one? A little bit. It was because of the movie I just saw before recording, it bumped this movie out of the top four. But 
it was number five. Ooh, so I was hope, hoping I would get to it eventually, but I knew it would be snatched up because Kristen put me in last place. Uh, <laughs> Only because I love you so much. I wanted you to have back-to-back picks, so you're sure. welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, y'all have already said how I feel. I, I love this movie. I, I watched it first on HBO Max, and like y'all said, it, seeing the theater is a whole other experience because it's just it fully envelops you. And I agree about the score. I also like Hans Zimmer, but I feel like his last couple scores have felt a little too similar. And this is very, this is a very identifiable score. I mean, like I love the the chanting in it and it's just very unique. Um, mm. And that one thing I love about Denis Villeneuve, and he's my favorite director right now, is that he takes these huge stories like Dune. Dune is maybe his biggest movie yet. And he takes this really complex story with all this, like these inc- crazy themes and just a lot of like really high concept stuff. And he makes it very accessible, but also very like human almost like there's this, you have this incredible crazy theme of like classism and, and Holy war is going on, but you also have people going like desert power. Like it's still kind of this cool, approachable human thing. Like it's, it's very, it's very, it's a cool mix. Um, I gotta say one thing that was fun to watch to watch Dominic as he watched this movie. Again, he had like no exposure to it. it was seeing like, oh, that's a Star Wars thing. Oh, that's a Game of Thrones <laughs> thing. And it was fun <laughs> to see like how like, yeah, that's, this is one of those things that like where it comes from and doesn't usually get the proper kind of credit it deserves sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a totally fantasy thing, but also superhuman and we love that. Yes, yeah. And I had yeah. a similar feeling when I watched a movie, which I think, was what I would have picked in the Rotten Movies draft, which is John Carter. I love John Carter. Yeah, that was a great I, one. It's, Interesting. it's yeah. also another story that came before pretty much any of the others. And it, it really inspired a lot of what came after. And so I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's that's kind of where they got that. It's a lot of, you know, hero's journey and whatnot. But yeah, throughout Dune, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is definitely uh, Star Wars. This is the Lord of the Rings series. Not yeah. Lord of the Rings, but, you know, you're getting all the kind of sci-fi and everything. I just loved this the vibe of it even like it's just this the ethereal I'm sorry the ethereal feel of it was was there you know the dream aspect of it felt like it just felt very dreamy you know just every time Paul kind of drifted off you're always like is this going to happen what's going to happen is this ever going to happen and you see how like you find out just how his visions can be you know false or you know they can show a a uh, future that didn't happen, you know, they went a different route. I just re- thought that was so cool how they were they visualized all of that. So, yeah. any other thoughts on Dune before we move on? Uh, Duncan Idaho still that I, that's mom. why it's not a perfect movie, and that's why it's not a perfect <laughs> book. Actually, whatever the text is, am I? So I'm I'm not a Dune expert. This it's set in a like they're not from Earth, right? The the wherever Duncan Idaho is from. He's from right. some other place. Yeah, why, that's the most what is, why is his thing. last name Idaho? What the fuck is why happening? Why is his first name Duncan? Yeah, yeah I, I sure. yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, the man cares he was Paul. Guys, yeah. come on. But I, Idaho? I can forgive it though because Duncan may have been my favorite character, and I'm not oh, even. I'm not on like the Jason Momoa hype train. I think he's fine. I like him, but I've never been like a huge. But I fucking loved everything he did in this movie. He was such a badass, and I've. I spoiled myself a little bit on the books only because I was hoping I would see his character again because I was really bummed that he, spoiler alert, he dies in this movie. Uh, But I read, we might see more versions of that character going forward, which I really look forward to because Jason Momoa deserves more than one movie. He was was fucking incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, this this movie really could have fallen flat if they had just done the exact same thing and had different actors. Like, I just think the chemistry be, the chemistry between everyone worked so well. Yeah. From from the whole Atreides clan to Duncan. I mean, even uh, our boy Brolin, I thought, worked really well on it with everyone. And the very, very small, like, just super small amount of time we get of Zendaya was great. Yeah, you know, was great. Yeah. It was really funny to me for everyone who must have seen it being a big Zendaya fan, not knowing it was like a part one, being like super stoked to see it. And then she's there for like six seconds and she's just <laughs> kind of quiet and kind of mean. The whole time. It's just like it was. <laughs> incredible it's funny yeah. you brought up the brolin thing because that i would say was the weakest casting on my part patrick stewart plays it in the original and like so it's a hard uh, it's a hard thing to live up to but yeah. so it's a much more like approachable kind of like i am tough but i also have a heart and josh brolin's just like no no feelings for me it's like that was the, that was the biggest kind of like jarring thing for me he but did, i think in his own way he did have my favorite line reading in the in the entire movie is when he says the word brutal and he makes it like four syllables is the best thing. Talking about the Harkonnens, like they're brutal. And yeah. It's the greatest yeah. thing ever. It's a real Rihanna umbrella situation. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right. That is our first pick. And before we get to the next one, we're going to take our first quick break. Welcome back from break. We are doing a podcast. Did you guys catch what? that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I'm not going to get over that one. Uh, we're doing our 2021 <laughs> Acolytes of Film. Damon just drafted the movie Dune, and we are on to Kristen for her first pick. What you got for us? So for – I just had the count. So we watched – I watched 25 movies from this year, and it still doesn't feel like enough to accurately pick. But I do feel really good about my first pick. Um, it has a lot of history for – me and I was happy to not be disappointed by it, so I'm gonna go with Tick Tick Boom. Kyle's gonna make a face, Dominic's gonna make a face. Hmm? Oh. This is why I let Damon go first. I knew I, I was like, I was like, no, Damon's not gonna. No, that movie sucks. On my list, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this movie. I hated that movie. So, so, little backstory so Dominic does not like to be sad at a movie, so you know, that's not how true. You can tell how sad it was because he'll say that movie was really stupid. I think Tick, Tick, Boom was the stupidest movie that we watched then this year from his perspective. Um, I don't want to go into the whole like backstory of it, but basically this is something that as a like theater kid and somebody who like lived in the city and like did the whole thing has always been the story of it has always had a very special place in my heart. It's something I avoided seeing or listening to really too much because I was worried it was going to make me too sad. So I knew like bootleg recordings of the original play like existed. And I was like, I'm just not going to listen to them because the quality won't be great. And it's going to make me sad. And then it was kind of like, here, we've done it in a really good way. And now you have to watch it and like face it kind of thing. And then I just cried for the rest of my life. Um, I was very impressed with the way they did it. I get really nervous when they do movies of musicals um, because they can be so bad. Uh, So to be instead so, so impressed was a big was a big turnaround. I think they did a great, a great job. I think there was enough kind of like Broadway nods to it with like the cameos and like little jokes and things like that, that it gave the fan service it was due without being unapproachable to someone who is not maybe as into musicals usually kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be my perspective. I'm worried if I talk too much more about it, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> 
I'm dedicating the rest of my draft to uh, just taking taking movies I know that Kristen wants. I, I'm not even <laughs> picking movies that I like now. This is We're going to end up with opposite drafts now. Yep. So two, two through four will be Dominic's picks in revenge, and Dominic's picks will be for me. Exactly. Uh, I fucking adore this movie. I So I did not know. I, I, I love Rent, but that's about my knowledge of Jonathan Larson. Didn't really know his story. Had not seen the original production of Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, but, and I also made the, I guess, mistake of not watching it, like, as soon as it was released on Netflix. Just had too much to watch. Just happened to watch it, like, two days after uh, Sondheim died. So it was very, it was very difficult to get through. But the movie is 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 just fucking incredible. Uh, I think Andrew Garfield is probably, at this point, a lock for Best Actor. 100%. Um, He's not my first pick, but I think he's probably my second, and he's phenomenal. Um, it, I'm sure everyone has seen it because it's made the rounds, but if you haven't, look up the video that like switches back and forth between Jonathan singing 3090 and Andrew because it's unreal. I mean, the, the mannerisms, everything, it's just it's a thousand spot percent. On. It's incredible. Yep. Uh, I also think Robin DeJesus should get a nomination. I, I don't think he will, but he was heartbreaking and he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the music is incredible. I was listening to the soundtrack before this draft. I think it's just this and then the tribute that he did for Sondheim have kind of turned me around on Lin-Manuel. I think he's a little overhyped, but him directing this movie, and this was the first movie he directed, I think, and it's just, yeah, he displayed a, an incredible amount of talent. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic movie. I want to jump in about the Sondheim thing real quick. If it turns out that the studio did have Sondheim killed, so West Side Story would win an Oscar. I just want it that I said it here first. You heard it here. Look wow. That's ouch. That's a lot. Oscars don't mean anything. Don't kill someone for it. That's stupid as hell. Just throw them in trash and just throw the Oscars in trash instead. Okay, be done with it. Um I love this movie. I really did. It was very emotional and touching and inspiring. Like it was depressing and inspiring at the same time. I mean, essentially it was, it's about failure as, as I read about it afterwards. And I mean, it, it is, you know, like he's just, he's kind of swimming and, and just not being able to get anywhere with his, his product. He's, he's trying to, he, everyone's pretty much telling him he, he, you know, he's like, you know, you should probably do something else. Like it's, it's time. And he just doesn't, he's like, he's just determined and this play, like he he finally gets it, and he finally gets people to see it, and like it's just it, it's it's heartbreaking, like that moment when uh you know like he's he's just finally done with it, like he 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 wants to give up, um but like it, you know this movie for any creatives is just a lot, it's it's very special, so I just felt very in tune the whole time, and I think Andrew Garfield was just just perfect throughout the entire thing he was incredible i love andrew i really i've really enjoyed him since i saw him on doctor who all those years ago and um yeah yeah he had just had a weird cameo spot on one i think I it had to do to it was like it like they were in an old building in like the 1930s in new york and that's or, so and, funny in, in london and yeah he yeah uh-huh. i have to go back and watch that because like i 100 believe you i just don't remember that episode at all somehow it was uh, it was in the tenant era right yes Okay. Pretty sure. It's amazing. I think early, pretty early tenant too. First or second of his. Yeah. But yeah, just so good. The music was great. I was, you know, a lot of people were like, oh my God, the trailer like looks bad. And people were like, oh, it looks terrible acting. Like, how can you tell from a trailer? Chill out. People <laughs> oh, just yeah. 
Musical Meanwhile, tra- the trailer musical for the trailers are- looked amazing. Yeah. And that- spoiler alert, I was not picking that movie because it's a fucking piece of shit. Musical <laughs> trailers are a very difficult thing and they're usually done really bad because no one wants to be taken by surprise by a show tune at any point in time. Yeah. And trailers <laughs> kind of have this thing where they do that where it's like out of context, really emotional moment. And like, it doesn't vibe. So yeah, I, I hear exactly 100% what you're saying. Even I was like, oh, damn it. This is going to be the worst. <laughs> I, I'm just glad it was good. And I I think this movie deserves a lot of rewatches. So I'm very excited to see how, you know, on my next one, Dom's saying. No, my, <laughs> not my heart is not here for that. I can't like, I'm not, I've traditionally not, I'm not a musical fan. I'm not like anti-musical. I think people should like what they like and, but they just generally don't uh, do it for me. Um, and so I also went into this movie with no real knowledge of the history, like, um, because like I said, not really a musical person and it fucking knocked me on my ass and ripped my heart out and made me simultaneously like joyous and horribly depressed. Um, it was a really, really beautiful movie and it was really, really warm. (laughs) And if I keep talking about it, I'm going to cry, but Andrew Garfield is one of those actors for some reason who like, as soon as I sort of like the two week window after I see a movie of his for, for whatever reason, I like forget about him kind of, and I forget how incredible he is. And then I see him in something like we were, we've been rewatching the Spider-Man and we watched his and yeah. like, God damn it. He's so fucking charming and charismatic. Yeah, all right. and Why do we all forget how it. goddamn charming and Garfield is? But he is. Um, and yeah, yeah, I watched that movie and I cried for like a solid 15 minutes afterwards. It was, it's a great movie. And On you. that note, too, I feel bad for him because he has not not only only this, but also the eyes of Tammy Faye, which I didn't see, but I, I heard it was pretty good. But like he has these two great movies that are out right now. And all everyone wants to ask him is like, are you in No Way Home? Are you right. in No Way Home? Like, let the man talk about this passion project. That's another exactly. thing. I didn't know this, but his mom died of pancreatic cancer like weeks before they began filming this movie. And <laughs> there's this interview where he's talking about channeling his grief in making this movie. And it's like, holy fuck, does it show through? I mean, he's God, he's just on another level. This may be my favorite performance of his. It's just so good. Yeah. I I, like, I, you know, I didn't know anything about, I've never seen rent. So I didn't know Larson's story, but like the day before, or was it the morning of when rent was about, was to come? Yeah. So it was, it was like the, the wee, the wee hours of the early morning of the premiere. Um, yeah, and brutal. then my, my fair part about that story is that, you know, they all decided they wanted to do it anyway, like as an honor kind of, that would be that they wanted to do this, but they were just going to do like a table read to make it a very easy experience. So we're still going to do it. So they just did the table. So they do the whole script and the songs just sitting without costumes, without acting, without sets or whatever. And they get about halfway through, um, to one of the big joyous songs in the movie and then they can't kind of contain it anymore. And then they ask his family, like, would it be okay if we did just go ahead and act out the rest of it? Because they were all just so hyped up and so like into it. And they're like, would you, would it be disrespectful if we like just went at it without costumes, without sets, without, but we acted it out anyway. And they were like, yeah, hundred percent. So the second half of that is like the full on performance kind of thing without all the extra, like, you know, little sensory bits. And so like that always just touches me in a big, in a big way. Yeah. I like that. All right, two great movies off the board already. Mm-hmm. Back to, we're going to Dominic for his first pick. What you got for us? Uh, yeah, so when I was doing um, my my rankings, I like to generally do like 
tiers. And in my top tier, I had two movies. Tick, Tick, Boom was in that tier. Um, fuck you again. Um, but luckily, the other one is still here. <laughs> uh, and that is Belfast. Um, Chris yeah. and I actually were just able to watch it this past week. Yes. And it, like, w- when I saw the trailer for this, I knew immediately that it was something that I was interested in and, and that it would probably be something that I liked. And we watched it and, and it, like, blew me away even more. Um, it's one of the most beautiful, like, beautifully shot films I've seen in, in a while. And it's, it's, it's so incredibly personal and, like, it, it sucks you in right away. And you're just sort of in, in this family's lives, right? And they, like, they sort of feel like your family. Um, I think I'm definitely, like sort of a target audience for this because one of the main threads of the movie is uh this kid's the the main character is like a nine-year-old boy and he's amazing and one of the main uh pieces of it is his relationship with his grandfather um and i had a very close relationship with mine um so i was definitely like <laughs> a set up to uh love this movie and uh be destroyed by it but i it was incredible it was just it's one of those movies where I, I don't know. It's just it's a straightforward story, and there's nothing like super um, complex or complicated about it, and it's just beautiful. Um, and it really it blew me away. And it's the uh, only other one that really like absolutely ripped my heart out and made me feel real, real sad for basically the rest of the night <laughs> that I watched it. And then I woke up still feeling pretty sad about it. But uh, I would still hi- <laughs> that said, I would highly recommend it to <laughs> to anyone. I, uh, yeah, this movie, I want to watch it again because I, I I did really like it, but I was, there was something that just like felt missing for me when I saw it. I only saw it a few, like a couple weeks ago. Um, but I do love that this is the year of, this is apparently the year of black and white movies because two of mine, uh, that I hope won't get picked are, are black and white. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that it was really beautifully shot. I love the way that it's black and white, but when they go to the theater to watch uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, it's like colors yeah. reflected in the grandma's glasses. And like, it's such a cool uh, little like visual thing. Um, and I, 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 yeah, the bond between the kid and his grandfathers is really beautiful. I always, I never know how to pronounce that guy's name, the guy who plays a grandfather, because he shows up in everything and I love him. But it's like Kieran or it's like C-I-A-R something. I don't know I how to pronounce your name, sir. I'm sorry. He's Aberforth <laughs> from the Harry Potter movies, and he's in The Woman in Black, and he's like shows up in all these movies, and he's always and so fucking good. Yes, yes, in Game of Thrones, and he's really, really good in this movie. And of course, of course, the the, the icon herself, uh, Judy Dench, is also fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I I I read that this was very kind of like semi autobiographical autobiographical for Kenneth Bronner. Like it was a lot of his childhood kind of worked its way into the script. Um, so I always love stories like that that are very personal to the the filmmaker. Um, and you can definitely tell with the story. And this yeah. is also a great year for child performances because the kid, I don't know the 100%. kid's name, but he was fantastic. He yeah. And I feel so- like with kids, it's hit or miss, right? Like it's either yeah. like they were incredible and stole the show or it's like, well, yeah, this is a movie with a kid starring in it. that's not quite ready to, you know, <laughs> be, be the main character, be the main actor of a movie. Like, yeah, he was amazing. And the other kids actually were also great. Like there were his mm-hmm. cousin was amazing. His cousin is hysterical. He was so good. <laughs> yeah, Damon, Kristen, did you see Belfast? Are... Oh no, I, I have not. Um, I've only seen the trailer, so that's all I. Know I yeah, it. I was also super into it. Like again, like seeing the trailer, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be 
like my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really appreciate when movies that feature like where it's primarily memory or primarily like dream sequence when there's just there's little things about it that get it a hundred percent correct. Like we were saying with the black and white thing, like they're watching TV at some point and the TV's in black and white and it's Star Trek and I'm like Star Trek was in color though like you could have I'm like why is this movie in black and white if like color tv exists and then i realized like oh they probably don't have a color tv just where based on where they live in their like economic status so all of his memories just like how we realized that people dreamed pretty much in black and white until color tv came out and then dreams came became primarily in color and so this right. is one of those things where it's like oh his tv was black and white so most of his memories are black and white and then <laughs> when he sees like a live theater show or a movie and it's in color it's like incredibly like specific and jarring and all of that and even just like little stuff like i the scene that one of the scenes i loved where um his mom is dancing and his dad is singing and they're they're, like at like the party like playing a show kind of thing and i'm like there's not a lot of stuff at this party like extra like like just like decorations or people or whatever i'm like something about like feels small like oh because i guess if you remember remembering it you're not going to remember a lot of the specific details about it Mm-hmm. And like even where he lives, it feels like a set. And I'm like, I bet it did kind of feel like a set, though. Like right. it's like one block or whatever that he lives on, like yeah. feels like a very contained environment. So the whole thing really just all these little details, like really evokes like this is a memory and this is how he is remembering these experiences. And you feel that all the way through. At first, when we turned it on, I will say it's in color. There was a jarring song playing and you're going to stop it and pause it and go, is this really the movie that we're supposed to be watching? And it is, um, <laughs> just get past that initial part of it. But yeah, I was, I was very, I was very impressed and the casting and all the acting is incredible. And yeah, I think, that, I think that Dominic was, this is the second stupidest movie that he saw <laughs> this year. It's going to be a four out of five stupid. It might've been the dumbest because it, it, it felt so <laughs> personal to me. And like, I had, I felt like a really deep, deep connection to it you know like i'm not saying that it's better than tick tick boom but it was just there were there were ways in which that i could relate to it more um sure yeah and yeah but they i mean they're both really fucking dumb and really killed me <laughs> stupid stupid no so i should not watch the stupid dumb movie <laughs> belfast all right no nef- never one note though about the cast like you mentioned i don't know if y'all have seen the bbc show merlin uh mm-hmm. So the guy who plays, I don't know his name, but the like quote unquote enforcer who's trying to get Jamie Dornan to like join him. And he's kind of the bad guy of the movie mm-hmm. uh, plays Merlin in that show. And Merlin is the softest Hufflepuff boy in that show. Like, <laughs> oh, OK, such a sweet boy. And so it was very jarring because, number one, he got very attractive. Uh, he's not unattractive in Merlin. He's just young uh, and he got very attractive and he's an asshole in this movie, so it was jarring for a while because, like, he's a he's a such a sweetheart in Merlin. But yeah, this was a really attractive cast. Uh, yes, really. Yeah, what I really learned is that everyone yeah, June ev- are up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What I learned is everyone who lived in Ireland in the 1960s was gorgeous. Yeah, they're <laughs> really attractive, but then also like obviously the the Irish accent does not hurt things. Uh, no, it just, not at all. all. They were it was great. But again, you would remember it that way, right? As like as a kid, like my parents are like the most beautiful like couple ever. Yeah, and, like, they're all like great of gods my to you. Yeah. Right, like all of everyone that I know is like just very like pleasing to look at and like <laughs> it's always dressed exactly right, you know, kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I bet his mom wasn't oh. actually running around in high-heeled shoes and mini skirts like <laughs> when she was doing grocery shopping, but 
that's how you're going to remember it. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. That's three movies down. We're to Kyle for the last pick of the first round. How you starting the turnaround, Kyle? All right. Uh, man. So Tick, Tick, Boom and Dune were on my, my short list. Uh, I'm going to go with one now with the four that I have left. I'm positive. None of them are in danger. And I knew before <laughs> starting this draft, I was like, I'm going to be real, real like, uh, Kyle about it and draft these movies that no <laughs> so one has totally seen. Kyle. And I'm yeah, totally, totally Kyle. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. This is my way of selling these movies to people. Um, cause I think they need more attention. So I'm going to start with one that was a directorial debut from Edson Oda called nine days. Uh, it stars Winston Duke and let's see, Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, um, Tony so, Hale is in it. Really, really great mm-hmm. cast. Um, it's oh, Bill Skarsgård is in it. Uh, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's basically it's difficult to describe too because on paper it sounds like the most pretentious shit you've ever heard of. But it's basically Winston Duke is this guy who evaluates. I guess they're like souls before they are born and become humans uh, on Earth. They come to this. They're all shown as adult human beings, but he interviews them and basically evaluates whether they're ready to be human beings. Um, and the then to soul. I was just going to say, this is the sequel to soul. <laughs> it's so much better though, because soul is overrated. Uh, he accurate. He basically like evaluates them and then also kind of watches and takes care of those souls and beings and watches them via videotape. It's not as creepy as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just like a really Santa. That Santa's also really creepy when you think about it. <laughs> right, it's um, one of those things like just don't think about it too much, and it's great. Y- sure, yeah. Uh, it's just very. It's one of the most unique scripts and screenplays I've seen in a while. Um, I I am a huge fan of Winston Duke. Obviously, I love him in Black Panther. I think he should be just in everything, um, even in like the shitty movies he does. He's always the best part. Like that Mark Wahlberg movie he did last year. Uh, I just think he's fantastic, and he is fucking phenomenal in this movie typically he's more of a comedic type of actor it's not the type of performance he gives in this but it's a very like withdrawn performance because of his job he doesn't really want to make connections with these souls until zazi's character shows up and kind of challenges that and it's just it's really beautiful it's just this idea of like like i said on paper it sounds like a, a film student's you know last minute script they have to turn in for their final. Uh, But it's just this really beautiful picture of like what it means to exist and what life means and like whether it's worth it. And it's just, I, yeah, I saw it. It came out pretty early in the year. It came out in like, I want to say June or July. And it's one I still think about. I only, I've only seen it once and I still think about it just because it's just such a, in terms of the screenplay and script, it's very big and there's a lot of big ideas that are going on, but I think Winston and Zazie really anchor the movie. Like their performances are what kind of anchor it. And this, the supporting cast, like Tony Hale is an absolute asshole in this movie in only a way that Tony Hale can be. Interesting. Like, yeah, it's weird because he's got that weird kind of awkward buster energy. I would say he's always, in my mind, he's always just buster booth as. Right. Like, yeah. So he's like, he's got that weird energy, but as like kind of a jerk and he just wants to be a soul. He wants to like p- bypass all the steps to becoming a, a soul. And it's just, he kind of challenges Winston Duke and it's just, it's very intriguing. I, I feel like it would probably work even better as a stage play 
because it's very character focused and it's a lot of monologuing. But yeah, it's just very, very intriguing. I think the set design is also really cool because it's on like this isolated beach and it's like a bunch of cabins and that's kind of what they picture like the not the afterlife, but the you know before life, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things where like on paper. I didn't know if I would be into it. And then I left the theater and I was like, I'm going to be thinking about that for, and I'm again, I'm still thinking about it months later. So it's, yeah, I recommend anyone to check out uh, nine days. Question. Is yeah. it, what makes it so good? Is it like the dialogue? Is it just like the conversations between them essentially that, that really fuels the, sh the movie? Yes. So it's the dialogue, but also, Yes. So it's the dialogue, but also just like the interaction between those characters. And then like, like I said, if nothing else, it's Zazie and Winston, because it's really them like challenging each other and her kind of figuring out why he's so like cynical about what he does. And the ending of it, without giving anything away, it's just a scene between the two of them. Legitimately beautiful stuff like it's 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 kind of that moment of catharsis that kind of every movie like this needs. Uh, yeah. So the dialogue, yes, to answer your question, that that's what really sells it and kind of like makes it a believable concept is is the, the interaction okay. between the characters. Um, so, of course, obviously, I've not seen it. I've never even heard of it until now. <laughs> but I'm sold. You sold me. I want to watch that. I think Winston Duke and Zazie are phenomenal actors. Great cast and the premise. I love afterlife, pre-life, like just, you know, what is their other than life kind of question movies and so sign me up uh kristen have you seen it i have not and i'm really upset that i haven't because it sounds also right up my alley um i think what happened was there's another movie that came out this year that's title was also like number and then amount of time i don't think it was days but it was something like that where I, and i kept getting the two of them mixed up and the other one didn't sound super interesting so anytime i saw that come up i was like Oh, that's that one that I don't really want to see. And so I feel like I, I know exactly how it happened that I did not come to have this on my list of things to watch um, this year. But I'm I'm also very excited to see it. I also um, I'm also a big fan of Winston Duke. He's the best part of Black Panther, in my opinion. And like he's the Dion Waiters for that movie, 100 percent. But yeah, like I so the cast is like very exciting. The premise is very exciting. And I'm happy to hear that it was done well. One of my biggest pet peeves is movies that have or TV shows that have a great premise. Like, oh, I've never heard this story before. I'm so excited. And then it just like rests on that and is not good or interesting past that point. So this yeah. sounds like a movie that actually like delivers what it promises. So I'm I'm excited to watch it. I think the other reason we didn't watch it is because uh, Chris and I did a lot of uh, binging of 2021 movies in like the last month. And that in involved a lot of like looking up lists of like top 100 movies of 2021 or whatever. Right. And when you yeah. look up this movie on IMDb, it it is listed as 2020, which is wrong. Yeah. And so it I had a very limited release at this movie. or like a film festival release in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It came out in Sundance seeing, in the beginning of 2020. It looks I do like remember right. seeing this movie, but then looking on IMDb and being like, oh, shit, it's 2020. I can't like we can't watch it or we we shouldn't waste our time watching it before the trap watch <laughs> right we've been we've been depriving ourselves of a lot of things we would like to watch the past two months because just been like did it come out 2021 then we can't see it can't see it but i am very intrigued and i'm excited to watch it eventually also benedict wong if you're it, it's He's kind of great. an mcu reunion because you got you got well marvel because you got uh domino and and uh I forget Bill Skarsgård's name in Deadpool 2, but the, you've got them, and then you've got 
uh, M'Baku and Wong. So it's this fun kind of Marvel reunion. And Tony Hale, who should be in Marvel. Um, but yeah, they're is, all is just... Is Toy Story re- a Marvel movie? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, they all kind of play off each other just really, really well. So I'm excited now because I want, I want people to see this movie and give it attention. <laughs> well, you have three souls. You have three people that are down to watch it. So... Yes. All right, that's the first one. And now we're to your next pick. Kyle, start the second round off with a strong one. All right, uh, probably another one no one has seen, and I'm <laughs> totally okay with that. Uh, this is one I mentioned. It's kind of the year of black and white movies. I just saw this movie maybe last week. Uh, it's di- written and di- directed by Mike Mills. Uh, stars Joaquin Phoenix. It's called Come On, Come On. Um, really cool movie. Uh, very kind of in the vein of Belfast, like a very personal and intimate movie. Um, Basically, the story is that Joaquin is a radio journalist who kind of goes around and interviews college students and high school students about what they think the future is going to be like and like how they want to change the future and all of that. Um, So he's very invested in like youth around him. And his sister calls him and tells him, hey, I have to go take care of my ex-husband in California. I need someone to watch my son your nephew. So he should kind of just, he ends up having to watch this kid who he, because of some estrangement between him and his sister has not really, he's not been in this kid's life. And so he has to kind of get to know him. And so the whole movie is basically them getting to know each other and this bond that forms between them. But I, I think I watched this at the perfect time because I've always been a fan of Joaquin Phoenix's, but like I've maybe thought he was a bit overrated. And I think I've just always had, always had a bad taste in my mouth since Joker, just because I thought, Come on, like that was Adam Driver's year to win. Uh, and also, it was just a stupid. It, yeah, I just yeah, don't. Let's like, not. We don't need to. Yeah, yeah. I also. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did right before seeing this movie, like maybe a week or two before, I saw I watched the movie Her, and I feel like they make for really great double features because Her is this beautiful, intimate, like fucking in Dom's words, stupid movie like that absolutely <laughs> wrecked me. And this feels like a spiritual sequel to it because it's like th- these are the two most tender, like personal performances I've seen from Joaquin. Yeah. You just answered my question, which is what would be your Joaquin Phoenix palate cleanser movie like to kind of reset before watching this? So, yeah, if you watch her and then watch this, it'll take you to a they'll take you to a very similar personal, like, intimate place. It's a complicated um, relationship with him. I feel like he's one of those people who I. I just don't, I don't really like, he doesn't seem like a good person. I don't know. And that's like, I don't know him, obviously, uh, but he's such an amazing actor. Um, but I also yeah. hated Joker. So very similar feelings to you, but yes. I saw the trailer for this and it, and it looked really good. And it's definitely been on my list of, of movies to see. We just didn't, unfortunately we were not able to get around to it, but I'm I think my, my, de- my detour with Joaquin Phoenix is that I have a very ingrained childhood memory of him in Gladiator. And so in my Ooh. mind, that's his that's his yeah. default in my brain. It's just like, Which just shows how good of an actor he is. Right. It's just, like, oh, well, Keith thinks that bad yeah. person. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, and so I, I need reminding sometimes that he can play tender and sensitive parts without it being like ironic. Right. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's just it's a very personal and small movie. Um, but also another fantastic child performance. Woody Norman plays his nephew, his first movie. And it honestly, it felt like Jacob Tremblay in room. Like this kid is a fucking revelation. I mean, he's so real and like authentic. And that's what I love. I, I hate when movies try and adult up kids and like give them adult dialogue. Right. And this kid is a 14 year old or like a nine year old or something. And he feels like a nine year old. He's like really annoying for mm-hmm. most of the movie. And that's kind of the point. Cause you're kind of 
seeing it from the perspective of Joaquin and you're like, this kid just got dumped on me. I don't want to listen to him talk the whole day. And so he's great, but he's also, they, they do a really great job of humanizing, uh, the, the father, because at, at first you think, oh, this is just a dad who's not present in his son's life. And that's why the story is happening. But Scoot McNary plays the the father who I, I love. I think he's a great character actor. And great he. Name. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a real Duncan McNary. Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> uh, but they do a great job of humanizing him. And like there's a whole side story about why the mom has to go take care of him in California. Um, yeah, it's just a very like human movie and very again, just very intimate and like small. And that's kind of the stuff that I love with movies. And that's honestly, I feel like all the, a lot of the movies I loved this year were the really, really small scale, very character driven movies. Um, but I think I'm, I honestly hope Joaquin gets a nomination because of all the ones I feel like he hasn't deserved. This is probably the one he, he should get a nomination. Right. He's on he's probation. Get he doesn't nom- get a nomination for 20 years because he <laughs> yeah, won for Joker. It cancels out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This no, is but it's like movie. when they gave Leo DiCaprio an Oscar for Revenant. That was not his best movie, but we like yeah. gave it to him as like, sorry for all the past years kind of thing. So but Joaquin's already, yeah, he already got that so one. Bad so he redeemed themselves every yeah. year. <laughs> He already got that one, so now he can fuck off for for the rest of his career. <laughs> David, um, I definitely want to see this Mark? movie. Sorry. I am not. Okay. No. Um, no, it's but I I'm very excited to see it. I've heard a lot of good things. I I love movies that you know tackle the parental figure and the kid you know dynamic when you have a like a really good chemistry between the two. I think those movies work so well. Um, and I've heard just glowing things about it. So it's on my list for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us back to Dom. But before that, we're going to go to another quick break. Yeah. So then I just told, you know, Edward James almost, I, I have to politely decline your offer, sir, but I'm very flattered. Hope you find someone who fits your your needs, uh, sexually. Uh, no offense. Oh, hey, hey, lo- hello there. I didn't realize this was recording. Uh, Planet Fantasy is, is brought to you by the festiveness of themed months. You've heard of No Nuance November. Well, get ready for 2022. We're going to be all about the theme months with stuff like Fuck You February. Hey, guess what? Rogue One is your favorite Star Wars movie? Fuck you. We don't care. We don't care. You've also got stuff like Amy Adams is what a good human August where we're going to be talking about the basketball season of 2022. You've also, uh, there's going to be never tell me what to do November where we'll be celebrating the filmography of one uh, Jimmy Smith and we won't be talking about the prequels. We're going to his other movies. Okay? He's a human being, just like you and me. Leave him alone. Uh, and the, the, the year will be, of course, capped off by dairy, dairy products only, please, December. You know? We're going to be talking about our favorite movies that are about uh, dairy. Dairy makes the world go round. Okay? So just look forward to that in 2022. Okay? Love you. Bye. Hey guys, and we're back, and we're just drafting movies of the past year. We got some great ones off the board, and we're back to Dominic, who 
uh, drafted Belfast in the first round. What's your second pick, man? Uh, yeah, so I went with, I don't know if you can call Belfast a little movie because it's definitely gotten a lot of um, press and like marketing, but a, a smaller smaller movie. Um, and I think I'm going to take one of my bigger ones now because I've sort of got a mixture of them left and I'm nervous this won't make it back to me. So I will take one of the most uh, charming animated movies I've seen in a while and I'm going to take Luca. Fuck your couch. <laughs> also, Kristen <laughs> loved it, I think more than I did. And she I took Tick, Tick, Boom from me. So fuck it. You can't tell me that. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. I'm not going to spend I genuinely did love Luca, though. I thought it was, uh, I mean, it was like classic Pixar in all of the best ways. Uh, it was it was charming. It was uh, whimsical. It was fantastical. It was also grounded because it's just in this, like, basically Cinque Terre town in in Italy. Um, and it was, it was fucking great. Um, I have said Silencio Bruno to myself in my head more times than I can count uh, since I saw that movie. Um, and I think also one of my favorite parts is the uh, the old ladies who are living in town, spoiler <laughs> alert, disguised as humans. And they're actually uh, also the same as Luca. And I'm, I'd like to imagine that they've been uh, together their whole lives and they're happily married. They were so good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big Pixar fan, but, um, but this is, I think the, I think my favorite Pixar movie in a while. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was just really great. Kristen, are you upset right now? Uh, yeah. So I'll be taking full custody of Kyle and the divorce. <laughs> just heads up. Be aware. Um, I'm saying one of us likes to throw around Italian racial slurs for fun in this house, and the Whoa. other one, and the other one dragged us to the drawing class at <laughs> Disney World to learn how to draw the characters of Luca. But Mahala, <laughs> great job. So, um, yeah, this movie was really important to me as someone who grew up loving Disney and is an Italian human, and I. I was really, I was really worried because I was so disappointed by Soul and by Raya, and I was like, "Oh, is this it? Do I just not get to like Disney Pixar movies anymore? <laughs> Am I just not the audience for this?" And I was really bummed out. And then I saw this, and I cried, and I was like, "I can still like Disney movies," and I was just very emotional about it. Um, it is equal parts hysterical and heartwarming, as every good Disney movie should be. Um, it is stunning. The animation, the music, all of like the sensory elements of it are incredible. The character design is like charming as hell. It's almost like Wallace and Gromit esque, but animated for the 21st century, just the way they do their little teeth and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was I was so very touched by it. I thought that the per the voice, um, what you call it, performances were all incredible. Another great Jacob Tremblay performance, mm. actually. Speaking of room. Um, and Jack Dylan Grazer is a delight every time he shows up. Um, yeah, I was very impressed, more so than I than I expected to be. And I hate Dominic. <laughs> also, the uh, the big intimidating dad of the uh, little girl who turns out to she, he's just a big softy was yeah. also uh, that was actually my other favorite part. A hundred percent. I'm going to send you all. Yes. I'm going to send you all a picture of my dad and that man, and you can try to tell me what. And this movie is definitely up there in the in the in the stupid 
rank rankings. I, I had a I had a good cry. Of course, <laughs> it is. But what I loved about it is that it's not like Pixar's brand of like devastating. Because right. I love I love Pixar, but sometimes it's a little too much, and I have to be in the right place to watch a Pixar movie. Yeah. And this one felt a little lighter. It had some moments of like, oh, this is rough, but it's a really light movie, and it kind of felt like Ratatouille. Like it's a very like light. Yeah just charming and fun movie. And I think and part like, of that is that the things that are devastating about it are much more easily relatable in yeah. like an everyday life kind of sense, like being disappointed by your friends or like yeah, I, feeling yeah. like you're moving away from people. It's just something that like requires less like emotional effort, like life and death makes me upset. Like, no, <laughs> this is something that just makes me upset. Like, on a more regular basis. What's so something about it that's much more like palatable. Yeah, and I, I felt like with this movie, like the crying I did was not sad crying. It was it was happy crying. Uh, it was like, like yeah, it was like <laughs> they're happy. Look tissues. at what that character did for that other character. This they were happy tissues. They were not sad tissues. So <laughs> <laughs> they were very. It was very cathartic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I got to balance on my list. I can't have just sad crying movies. I got to have some <laughs> happy crying movies too. <laughs> um, this was definitely on my list. Um. Like, Christian, I was kind of, like, worried about Pixar just because they had gone so serious. Like, they had gone so, like, introspective and, like, honestly, I think they were almost starting to make movies for us more so than the children, you know? And I was like, I was like, no, make make movies for them. We, I, I love those. Um, and I, I definitely think Luca was, was, like, getting them back on track and informed just because, like, this is what they do. Very inspiring, very colorful fun and whimsical while still telling you a really great message and being inspiring um i mean i mean it, it's essentially an allegory for of course you know uh kids uh, experiencing you know their feelings and their sexual feel their romantic feelings and you know it's it's definitely showed that and a lot of people are like really really felt that really loved that they were able to do that for this movie and uh i loved it i thought it was great silencio bruno i'd probably say in my head at least once a week so I'm very glad it's got, this got drafted. Low-key, the best part of that line is that there's no one named Bruno in the universe. <laughs> no. I was hoping we'd see at least some somebody named, like, on a side, little, like, at the end, like, ha-ha, look at that. But no, we didn't. No one. Yeah. I even loved, like, Jim Gaffigan as the dad. I forgot who voiced yeah. the mom. Was it Maya Rudolph? It, Maya Rudolph yes. went on a run this so, yeah. And yeah. Sasha, yeah. and um, what's his name? Sasha Baron Cohen did the... Oh, yes. the uncle? so good yeah. yes voice work is really great and it's also yeah it's just like beautiful animation a really great soundtrack like pixar is usually really really good like musical scores yeah. but the yeah. soundtrack in this is fucking fantastic um, and i think about once a week since watching this movie i've looked up um how ways in which i could purchase a uh a, ves a, a vespa. vespa somewhere <laughs> around here um in in rural oregon <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm sure they're completely on the market, right? Yeah, exactly. They're total. They're everywhere. They're super available. It's just a, you know, it's just a cash issue for me right now. But I'm working on it. <laughs> it's funny I you brought it. the music too, because this is the first time really that um, Dan Romer has gotten to do like a movie mm, musical, yeah. and especially for not something really dramatic. So anybody video game fans, he does the Far Cry music. Right. Um, yeah. So like Which they like let him like. Sport. Do this instead. And that was just like so fun to see that he could deliver on that. Oh, the last candidate for the MVP is Giuseppe also. I was just going to say. Incredible. The, <laughs> the real Dion Waiters Award goes to Giuseppe. And if I ever have a pet fish, which I probably won't, it will be named Giuseppe. <laughs> yes. All right. That is Dom's second pick. And now we're to Kristen for hers. 
What are you going to pair with Tick, Tick, Boom? I'm wondering if I should, like, use this to just, like, piss off Dominic or if I should do, like, do my it. genuine pick. <laughs> um, that is the hard thing about doing the drafts like this with Dominic is that we've seen all of the same movies, usually in the <laughs> same room, and so it really creates for some bullshit. And we have pretty similar tastes. Y'all um, asked for this, okay? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I... <laughs> I think the one that I, I have to worry maybe about getting back to me on from all of you guys, not just Dominic. That's because it's a bigger movie in general. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the French Dispatch, which is this year's Wes Anderson movie. Um, Dominic actually went to see it in theaters with me, which is a big deal because he t- typically does not like Wes Anderson. So that was fun. He's hit um, or miss with me. I, I right. either... I. And I've committed to go back and do a rewatch with you of all of his movies because I want to give him another try. But right. So, and I wasn't sure if I was going to pick this one because it's definitely not my favorite Wes Anderson movie, but it did personally felt like a big deal to go see because the first in the movie I was like, I was like too revved up for it and I was getting like impatient, and then I realized like, oh, this movie just wants me to like slow down, <laughs> and like. Just like how the whole format is like it's the sections of a newspaper, right? And I tend to be somebody who's a hard time reading things so I can't slow down and I will just skim to get through something. And so I was like, oh, no, this movie's not going to let me skim. It's going to, like, make me read all these sections. And, like, it wants me. And so once I was kind of like, I need to kind of just slow down and, like, enjoy, like, the stories in this movie. And then I was able to really firmly, like, get into it and enjoy it. And I thought that it was paced very well. Like the first story is shorter and more fast paced. So it makes getting into the rest of them easier for sure. As always like incredible ensemble cast and like visually architecturally, all that good stuff. If you're a fan of the Wes Anderson world building, it delivers on all of those. Timothy Chalamet was much funnier. He's always funnier than I expect him to be. So that was a delight. Yeah. Um, Timothy, Timothy Champlain has had a great year. He's been in so many incredible movies and he's killed it. Yeah. Pretty much every Um, time. So I enjoyed it. It was it was very funny. It was very sweet. I I enjoyed like the casting of it and like and the parts of it that were funny were like genuinely hysterical. I I liked it a lot. I liked it more than I thought I would at the beginning. At the beginning, I was like, oh man, am I gonna be disappointed? Yeah. And then I wasn't. So that was pleasant. I feel like some movies I I came out of feeling like it was sort of like it was like the first draft of a movie and like there was something good in there, but it wasn't quite done. And this feels like it's like the third draft of a movie that needs a fourth draft. Um, not like I still really loved it, but sort of how Kyle was saying he felt like there was maybe something missing with Belfast that you can't really quantify or put your finger on. I left this movie really enjoying it, but there's just like a there's a hole somewhere and I have no idea what it is. Um, but that said, it was still really good and fucking Benicio del Toro I think was my favorite part he was super charming and incredible and like and great um and this is definitely uh this this has inspired me to want to go back and give more of his movies a chance because this didn't fall in the category of love or hate for me which is a new uh it's a first for uh for Wes Anderson (laughs) so I now know that there's a there's a middle ground of of just just fine. Really like, yeah, it's, I liked it. I enjoyed yeah. it, uh, and I want to go back and see it again and see if um, see if I enjoy it more on a second watch. But it was it was really enjoyable. I am currently trying to slowly work my way through his uh, whole movie, uh, you know, list and what have you. But I've you know I haven't made it too far. I've only watched I think, let's see, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, Life Aquatic, 
Uh, was there one in between that, or have you seen that you had Bottle um, Rocket and Rushmore? And Rushmore and Darjeeling yes. Limited falls in that same era. Correct. I know it sounds I've like you're doing it in it. order, but have you seen the Grand Budapest Hotel? I think that's the one I want to watch next. I yeah. think that's what's up that's next on my list. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't seen this one yet. Um, I figured I would see it once they released it, you know, streaming or, or what have you to give it a shot. But I, I, you know, I didn't hear a lot about it when it came out. It was kind of dwarfed by a uh, Dune. So I, it's good yeah. to hear that, uh, that it was good. Kyle, uh, have you seen it yet? Or, I or haven't gotten the chance. I, um, I really want to because I'm kind of like Dom. I'm hit or miss with Wes Anderson, but when I like his movies, like the Grand Budapest Hotel, I really like them. Yeah. Um, so, and also I do appreciate, even in the movies that I, I, I don't really jive with, I think he builds an ensemble cast like maybe no one else. I mean, he, his casts are always really, really great. So I have to ask, one, is Bill Murray in this? Yes, he is. Great, okay. Because I always love him in Wes Anderson movies. Um, and this is, so you said it's a, because I, kind of like what Damon said, I heard a lot about it leading up to it coming out, and then it mm -hmm. came out, and I heard nothing about it. So you said right. it's a, a news, it's like a news? Yeah, so basically the French Dispatch is an American newspaper from Kansas that has an office in France <laughs> oh. from like an expat who's Bill Murray. And so he like gathers all these other artists from like, so it has, um like it references real actual authors from like Zazarax in it, played by like one of the ensemble cast members oh, kind of thing. Okay. And so the movie is, in broken up into parts and it's like arts and leisure section and travel section and one of the ensemble casts is oh, the writer cool. and okay. like does yeah yeah it's and so like it six is some, different short stories yeah right, yeah um okay. that all really do come together pretty cohesively um i think that it'll be tricky for some people who aren't really into it to do streaming because like i said it did benefit from us seeing it in the theaters and like having kind of undivided attention so like i had to slow down and pay for attention sure yeah, it's I'm not worried. like a cinematic experience, but it definitely was like, be, I, I think I would have liked it significantly less had I watched it for the first time at home. Right, like if I, had been if I had been allowed to like be on my phone or like be yeah. doing other things, like while I had it on, I might, might not have been able to give it like the attention that it does benefit from. Like it does mm -hmm. benefit from like sustained attention to it 100%. So that would be my okay. thing if you're going to watch it streaming to really make it as movie-like as possible. But the performances were incredible too. Like Benicio, I think, I thought stole the show. Um, and that then Tilda Swinton, when Tilda Swinton yeah. is funny, hysterical. There's like oh, very she's, closely yeah. followed by Adrian Brody um, and yes. Jeffrey Wright. Like they both put in incredible performances. And I, I mean, that's not like shocking for me because I really love them generally and everything they do. But this was even like a step above uh, the normal stuff that I see them do. So it was, it was really exciting. Uh, just sort of, I mean, obviously every, like that's a staple of Wes Anderson is these ensemble casts. Um, but it was super exciting to see these incredible actors just being incredible <laughs> it was it was like watching an all-star game it was just like let's watch the best actors just be the best for an hour and a half yeah right. and that's kind of goes along with the plot of the movie like it's not just names thrown in there for the sake of names and cameos but yeah it's broken up into all these like famous writers so it's like it makes sense that you would have like a star-studded cast because they're famous writers writing about famous people in the world kind of thing so it, it makes sense it doesn't take you out of the movie so much as they pop up I'm sorry. I, I I was listening, I promise. But every time Dom reaches back to grab a drink, it looks it like looks he's, like like he's trying to like, take the book. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out with my best pals from the best movie of the year, Space Jam 2. Stop. You haven't drafted <laughs> yet, so you're lying. Oh, also, uh, Francis Dispatch has an incredibly charming, uh, like, 
I don't know, I, maybe 90 second, two minute um, animated segment that was like just delightful amazing. Self. I love so when movies fucking do that delightful. when they're live action and they just yeah. throw in a random animated. So, yeah, yeah, do that more. Is, One of the rare, like, in, yeah. legitimately belly laughed out loud. It was, yeah. And it is done in the format of like what you might imagine, like a French newspaper comic to look like. Like it looks kind of like a Tintin like ah, comic, yeah. but animated. And it's incredible. I love that. Amazing. All right. Any more thoughts on the French dispatch before we move on? Good. All right. That means we are back to where we started. That is I, <laughs> the day man. And I'm so excited that I was given first pick. <laughs> um, because I said I did not pick my favorite movie. I picked Dune because I was scared it would get drafted. And thankfully, I did that route because now my favorite movie is what is going to be taken off the board. Seeing it in theaters was just a great experience. I was so wrapped up in it. It was fun, funny, exciting. Uh, had me really hopeful for what comes after. Um, I, I just thought it hit every beat it needed to. I watched it again yesterday, and I still feel the same way. And I'm talking about Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, it's one of my, it's, I think, my favorite movie. Yeah, it's my favorite MCU movie since Endgame. Um, it's so good. I, It's in my top five MCU movies. Um, it. I think the fighting is so well done and so well choreographed. That bus scene, I think I will end up rewatching this movie half partially so I can just see that scene again over and over <laughs> again. The scaffolding scene is so fun and intense. The way we meet his sister, Xiaoling, who I think is phenomenal. And I, really, I really hope we get more and more of her because I, I think she's just as exciting and interesting as Shang-Chi. And if you could play the whole parallel between the two and maybe see what how their paths go down the future i want i want that katie aquafina problematic things put aside killed it in this movie i yeah. thought she was funny relatable and she was so supportive of everyone they ran into like she was just <laughs> always giving out good words of advice and and you know it's support to everybody they they met you know and i just thought her relationship and friendship with sean with Shang-Chi was great. It wasn't forced. It felt very natural. And yeah, I just, yeah. yeah. Even Sorry, the just to interject friendship yeah. being the key word. I fucking yeah, love that. It was yes. not a forced romance. The oh, friendship. That was one of my favorite hundred percent. And I hate when a movie needs to rely on like a plot device, like, Oh, one of them is married. So it can't be romantic. It has right. to be platonic. Like right. you don't have that. Like it could have like, oh, been a man single, and a woman can be, just right. they can just be friends. It's right. Like, They're both single. Exactly. And I love that. I love that it got that across without being like, I'm in a 20 year marriage relationship. And so yeah. this is definitely platonic. Like, the, yeah. honestly, really nice to see. when you saw the the mama, the grandma of Katie, like be like, hey, when are y'all going to get together? And he's like, we're just friends. That's when I was like, OK, yeah, they're friends forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. like and, I've had that, happen that perfectly too. Life before. Because like, like it, with that, having the mom talk about that, like it was so clear that they were aware of this too, right? Like they, this was an intentional choice and like they were aware of these normal tropes that, that we have to sit through most of the times with movies. And they were like, no, fuck you. Like, nope. <laughs> like they're friends yes. and it's great. Yeah. And it works so well. My favorite MCU villain to date, maybe? Like definitely, I think the most like executed the best uh, Tony Long is just just mesmerizing so as Wu. 
like the father who like everything he's doing he thinks he's doing it for the reason the fact that he thinks his his dead wife is calling out to him uh, from this like this prison is just so heartbreaking and what you know it leads us to talo which is i thought a really cool fun sequence you know i really love meeting uh their aunt you know michelle yo is amazing (laughs) <laughs> so good to see her there and then like just the even the climatic like big cgi sequence i thought it was my favorite big cgi sequence in a long time i thought it was done well i think it had mm-hmm. purpose and meaning um it didn't look bad like i thought it all looked really good um are the soul suckers the best thing they could have done probably not but i liked it you know you gotta you gotta have those MacGuffins sometimes and they were pretty creepy so just overall, everything about the movie worked for me. The soundtrack, the needle drops hit so well. It is so great. Simu Liu needs to be an action star, like, here on out. I need to see him in so many movies. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Kristen, what do you think? I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Famously, I have not seen a lot of Marvel MCU movies. It's just usually not my jam. And this was one that I was able to, like, actually genuinely get into and feel like it didn't. I feel like a lot of time they tend to like hinge too hard. And like, this is a Marvel movie. So we're allowed to just like kind of rest on certain things and assume that you'll know what we're talking about and assume that you will just know this is the way we do things. And this movie didn't do that, which I really appreciated. I was able to actually like get into it and appreciate like the performances without worrying about the universe as a whole, which I really appreciated. Um, I thought the casting was incredible. I've only ever seen him before in that, um, what you call it, Kim's Convenience Store. Mm-hmm. And the little bits of it that I have seen. So it was really fun to see him like get to be a lead and like do it so, so well. And I love their aunt and I love his sister just like kicking ass again without being too much of like, this is a lady kicking ass. What? Like it was just like, no, of course she is. This is this is how she is. And it's great. She was such um, a badass. Um, and then just funny side story. We went to Disneyland after this movie came out. So they had a Shang-Chi, but because he's not really in a costume or a mask or anything, he was standing just way up on like a balcony. And it was just like an Asian guy in the jacket, essentially. Just like, and you could pretend that this was Shang-Chi kind of thing, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. So thumbs up from me. Kyle, what do you think of the movie? Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to rewatch it since it's um, come on Disney Plus, but I really want to because it feels like it will be in the future. It'll be a, an MCU movie. I'll want to rewatch a lot. I don't rewatch a lot of MCU movies. There's a couple mainstays that I'll go back to, but a lot of them I feel like I have to if I'm going to rewatch one, I kind of snowball and then I just get back into that entire phase of the MCU. So this is one that I feel like because it is a, an origin story and it doesn't have a whole lot of connections to the, the rest of the the MCU. It's one that you can watch a lot. Um, and I agree. I think Simu is, is fucking incredible. Uh, I think it's one, you talked about this Damon, but I think the third act is maybe one of my favorite MCU third acts. Cause typically usually I mean, th- this movie included that the first and second acts are really the strongest parts. And that's true for Shang-Chi, but the third act it still holds up and it's super fun. And I love the way they imagined uh, Tao Lo. And yeah, I, not to mention, we haven't even started to mention Trevor, who was such a surprise. And I was so against him being in the movie when I first saw him. And I was like, this is going to be so <laughs> stupid. And he's incredible. He's super funny. Delightful. He's and you guys have not mentioned the MVP of the movie, Morris. Morris. Who was Morris. <laughs> the most incredible yeah. thing I've seen on screen in, in my whole life. Amazing. Yeah. The moment and when again, I was like, I was like, they're Morris doing this. Real? Yeah, yeah. So damn charming. Yeah. 
they're doing this to sell a stuffed animal and I don't even care. And I don't I totally, am on yeah. board. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, All Trevor, yeah, I just creature. I was so against him because I was like I still had a bad taste in my mouth from the Iron Man 3 reveal and I was like, I that was just a dumb throwaway joke they did and I don't really feel like we need more of Trevor. And then he ends up being like the funniest part of the movie and still to this day we talked about this in our Effies but the fucking Planet of the Apes joke Still is like one of my favorite MCU jokes ever. Oh, just the way he sells it, he delivers it so well. It's just so fucking stupid, and I laugh every time I think about it. He still doesn't get it. He still thinks <laughs> they're monkeys. <laughs> it's so incredible. Good. I yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. Basically, I think I thought I really liked Katie. I think she was she was one of the MCU characters that I think I've related to the most. Like, um, especially like the non uh, super superhero characters. Um, her whole basic storyline of like sort of being unsure about what she's good at <laughs> or like unsure of like you know a, a general direction to go in life is like something that hit me right in my chest and I felt to my core and I and I thought was handled really beautifully and um and really great I thought um his dad is definitely in like my top five villains I would still have Killmonger ahead of him um and I think one of the reasons is one of the few things that I dislike, because this is also a top, probably honestly, three or four MCU movie for me. One of the things I, I disliked is how long his dad held on to, held on to his mom being behind that portal. Like, and I, and I get it. And like, there's, there's all the grief and like that really like was, was done well, but for such a intelligent villain and like smart mm. person, I thought that they had him hold on to this in the face of like overwhelming evidence for, for just a little too long where I was like, all right, this is like ridiculous now. Like, especially how he ended and like, you know, he and his son having like a, a a overall probably good ending. Um, That was my one nitpick. Um, That said also, I, I thought they handled the CGI amazingly. That's one of my big issues with a lot of MCU movies or superhero movies in general is I can get sort of overwhelmed by the big uh, CGI scenes and things just sort of get lost. And I'm, and, and it's like, all right, like this all just looks like the same thing. <laughs> like I, everything is getting lost. And I think it, 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 uh, it's not really working, but this, I agree. They handled really great. And that, that scene with him fighting the fucking spirit dragon was amazing. Yeah. Right. On and, a dark desert highway. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say Morris one more time because we can't talk about Morris enough. Morris, yes, <laughs> you're real. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know he was. <laughs> Trevor really was so good. There, this, I, I loved every little bit of this movie, and I'm glad a lot of other people did. I'm glad he got the shine it needed. Um, I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the rest of the MCU. Also, great post credit scenes. I thought mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, you know, really setting up Sean and, Ch- and Katie. Like, the fact that Katie was there right by him, I'm like, what? You know, is Katie the next Hawkeye? You know, sorry, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and another great Benedict Wong performance when he uh, is fighting that monster. And he, oh, my God. He's like, yeah. He gets pissed at him for punching him. <laughs> he's like, see, that's how it feels. Not cool, right? That My headcanon, because the MCU is kind of weird timeline-wise, I feel like this is happening kind of Cohen coinciding with the events of no way home so my headcanon is that in the trailer when wong is like piecing out and he's like nope this is for you to deal with strange he's just going to fight abomination in this fight club (laughs) who knows how long he does this too though like it feels like this is a normal weekly kind of thing 
Hey, we all know Strange doesn't pay him, so he's got to yeah, make exactly. money somehow. Yeah, exactly. He's got to hustle. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm, I'm so glad I got this one. And before we go to my next pick, we're going to go into another quick break. Welcome back from break. We are talking about the movies of 2021. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was just drafted by Damon. And we are back to Kristen for her third pick. What you got for no, us? It's oh, no, we're not. JK, I almost, I almost just <laughs> skipped over Damon entirely. He only so gets three sorry. movies. I'm so sorry, Damon. Now you can pick three movies in a row. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that. But I am getting the movie. I'm so glad it wasn't off the board. Um, this is another superhero movie. My second favorite of the year. Suicide Squad. Okay. Oh, no, I was Damn it. <laughs> um, I, I just thought this movie was so well done. Uh, James Gunn just has a way with ensemble casts. He is like, he, he really like digs in and is able to see how they, even if like one of the members doesn't have a lot of speaking lines, you know, they're still there. They're present. You know, they're a physical presence and you, you see them. Um, I just thought, from beginning to end, the Suicide Squad was like a romp. It was just super action-packed. It was funny. It was a little grotesque. He definitely went very uh, violent. Yeah, I guess Mar- he was, t- you know, it's like, okay, Marvel won't let me go this hard. So he's like, they're giving me pretty much carte blanche. So he just went balls to the wall, and I loved it. Um, Staryu was so badass. Um, I love most of the members of the Suicide Squad. I thought Ratcatcher, too, stole the show. As well as well as uh, King Shark, King so Shark stole the show so for sure. <laughs> Just oh <And>. man, <laughs> snack. <laughs> um, I I I even like Rick Flag in this one. You know, much better than uh the yeah. the first Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah, Idris Elba was really convincing as Bloodsport and kind of like the the quasi lead of the Suicide Squad. Uh, his connection and bonding with Ratcatcher I thought was really good and really pushed the movie forward in a, in a really good way. It gave us some emotional ties to everybody. Peacemaker was an asshole, which was perfect. John Cena was, way, yeah. brilliant. was brilliant. Um, I just, I the movie was, was really well done. Like from set piece to set piece, they had like a plot, you know, they had to go and, and stop this thing from happening and, and all that. I love Margot Robbie, of course, as Harley Quinn had her own little side quest. And before she met back up with everybody, it's just this movie was fun, just a lot of fun. It, like so it wasn't super serious. Like, you know, I was like, you know, you don't need this movie for anything else. But just the fact that it happened, I thought was really exciting. Um, and yeah, just more, more emotional and, and poignant than I thought it was going to be. You know, uh, any everything with Ratcatcher and her family and all that. Um, Great polka dot uh, yeah. appearance. Yes, right. Um, Great I just thought. Appearance? Taika. Taika, he played uh, her dad. Oh yeah, is it Ta- Is it Taika? Hmm? Yeah, he played Ratcatcher. Ratcatcher one. Um, I, I, Polka Dot Man, I thought was hilarious. Like with his yeah. whole seeing his mm-hmm. mom everywhere thing, <laughs> was just like, wow, that's that's rough, man. This movie was great because I feel like, and and I feel like, uh, James Gunn. This is a staple of his movies. Like, it it knew what it was and it did it perfectly. Like, it didn't try to be anything that it wasn't i don't know like it was it was so much fun start to finish um i am a big fan of of like unexpected deaths especially early in movies 
um, and they delivered on that. And you're like, holy shit, that person died? Like, died? what? <laughs> um, and then it's sort of like the, the thing that I love most about that in movies is now you are nervous for anybody that you like or are rooting for to make it through the movie because it makes it feel like anyone is expendable. Uh, Margot Robbie was like born to play Harley Quinn. She's one of the these like like they're great cast, you know, like for these superheroes, there are people like I think uh, Hemsworth is great as Thor, but they're they're ones where it's the most perfect cast and like this they just it's there's no one else that should be doing it. And she is one of those. She is perfect as Harley Quinn. Um, King Shark stole the show, in my opinion. I fucking loved him and his moment with the uh, little jellies where they jellyfish things. Oh, my God. Like the piranha things. Yeah, friends. Oh, my God. Like, great. And like you said, this was like, it was such a good job. And again, James, uh, James Gunn staple of like, it was fun and silly start to finish. But it had a few moments of like really connecting with you emotionally yeah. and they did a good job of like making you care about these characters um something that the original did not do because it was what it was but yeah. men i loved it because it was men <laughs> <laughs> because jared leto what you're looking for is patriot. was a little too jared leto and other things but no we don't need to talk about that one this one was great i loved it start to finish super fun you know, just a just a classic, uh, perfectly done James Gunn movie. Yeah, love it. Kristen, how did you yeah. feel about this one? I also enjoyed, like I said, like like superhero, supervillain movies, not usually my thing, but I do like again when it doesn't take itself too seriously. I thought it was just like genuinely enjoyable and leaned into like the comic book elements of it. King Shark is the MVP. He's like the Drax of the movie. I'm a sucker yeah. for any type of like super just logical and intensely emotional at the same time humor type of character so that was right up my alley margot robbie the legend incredible i'm pretty sure that damon is just here to draft movies that cast david and i'm gonna butcher his last name das malchion who is also in dune oh that's played the right. polka dot yeah. man in this movie so <laughs> i see what you're I'm doing sorry, there what was his name? what's das his name malchion. david das malchion just call him david Dal- dalmatian i just david love it david the d david the d, david the d. <laughs> That was probably his nickname in high school. Yeah. Uh, so here's what I love about James Gunn movies, and you guys have kind of talked about it, but he does this really cool thing, especially with the Guardians movies and definitely with the Suicide Squad, is he makes these really goofy, like almost juvenile humor movies. But they're still really funny, but like borderline juvenile. And then out of nowhere, he'll hit you with a, whether it's a Cat Stevens needle drop in Guardians 2 or... This moment where, like, this is a fucking CGI giant starfish, and then all of a sudden it says, I was content floating amongst the stars. Yeah. And you're like, why do I feel bad for Star? Yeah. Why do I feel emotional about this Fuck starfish you. But also, <laughs> as as we all know, as the podcast knows, I am a ginormous DC Comics fan, and Starro, growing up, was my favorite DC villain, and never in a million years did I think I would see a live-action Starro the Conqueror, because he's so fucking out there, and it's just such a... 70s sci-fi concept and i was like they're never going to do that especially with the Zack snyder of it all like they're not going to want to do this weird out there villain and i love that james gunn was like fuck you dc i'm going to make my movie (laughs) and make it out there and stupid and i'm going to kill pete davidson as soon as i can i'm always (laughs) Uh, pete davidson is dead welcome to the space starfish party idiot (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's just weird and goofy and you all have already mentioned king shark but just like Sometimes I'll just go on TikTok and find like the compilations of all his lines because he's just the best. And the best part about that is that 
not only that it's King Shark, but that it's Sylvester Stallone voicing King Shark. And he's not taking himself seriously. He's and so his good. Face isn't in it. It's amazing. Yes. yes. Yeah. He's fantastic. Uh, I thought Peacemaker was a legitimately like great villain because John Cena committed to it because he was really funny. And then like at the switch of a, he was like terrifying. Like he, I, he plays it so well. C- cannot wait for the HBO Max series. It's like a few weeks, I think. Um, oh, I did not know they're doing an, an January uh, 13th. Yeah, so James Gunn actually, before this movie was even finished, uh, like filming, he during the pandemic just was like, I like the Peacemaker character. I'm going to write a, a script oh, wow. for a pilot. And then they, they liked it so much, they were like, fuck it, let's make a series. Fuck it. So, yeah. Uh, can't wait for that. I love that James Gunn, I think this continues the trend. I think every movie he's made has had Nathan Fillion in it. And I love that. And of course, not a lot of Nathan in this, um, but <laughs> yeah, it's just talk about also like obscure characters too, not just Starro, but like most of the roster of this team never like half of these people, like no one's ever heard of these people. And now, mm-hmm. you know, like Ratcatcher two is like everyone's favorite character now. And it's just, I, I love that he's James Gunn is such a fan and you can tell that he's such a huge fan of like comic book lore. And yeah. he, especially of the, the John Ostrander, Suicide Squad run in the 70s, which is fantastic. And he yeah. definitely pulled that. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's phenomenal. Capaldi was also great. I, I love oh. him. He, I, I've only, my only, I think I've seen him in other things, but my main exposure to him is is Doctor Who, uh, which I loved him in. So it was, it was like a little weird to see him uh, in a, in a villainous role, but he, he was perfect. Yeah. I will, I do have one note. Like, I want to see James Gunn tackle a, like a super movie with someone more well known. Just because he's so good at like making these lesser known characters, like he he kind of has like he's a little bit more freedom with them, and he really gives them a voice. And like it's like they even say apparently the Star Lord in comics are more closely aligned with that vision now. Yeah, like you know it's like dang, like he really he can he really kind of creates a voice for these these lesser characters. I really wonder if he would be just as good with a you know a bigger. That's a really interesting point. Superhero. Yeah, because there nah. is a, there is a freedom that comes along and like with with using these characters that are lesser known because there's the expectations are not as high, right? So like, and yeah. that's to take anything away from what he's done because I fucking love Guardians and I loved this movie. Um, but it it would definitely be interesting to see what would what would be the result if he had to do, you know, like I, a Captain America or an Iron Man or whatever. I was gonna say I think the closest we've gotten to that is he didn't write or direct it, but he was a producer on that movie a couple years ago. I forget the name of it, but it was like basically if Superman like was a little as a little boy was a mass murderer. You oh, remember right. that movie? Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, but I, I that wanted to. Brightburn. Yes. Yeah. Um so I feel like that's what we would get, which I'm we already Hey Nick. Hi I hope Nick's listening. We already have that <laughs> with the Snyder movies. Um but uh I feel like he would do that. So like we almost I get what you're saying, Damon, but I almost feel like I, I like this niche that he has because he can just kind of play with the weird characters. And yeah, I was going to say, um, I veto this, and I, for one, am waiting for James Gunn to make a Squirrel Girl movie, and I will be first in line. Yes. yes. Let, let just James <laughs> Gunn do all the team-ups that aren't the big guys. Do West Coast Avengers. Do do. Great I'd even joking him doing the Young Avengers, you know? like Just let yep. him do all the team-ups. Mm-hmm. I think he'd kill it. All right. Yep. Y'all are awesome for letting me get those three movies that I wanted. Uh, I appreciate it. And now just let the other one I won't slip through. Thanks. All right. We are to Kristen for her next one. What you got? 
Yeah, I'd like to welcome you all to the segment of the podcast where I start to get panicked because there's so many movies I want and I only get to do two left. Thanks for joining us. And I, only because I really want it and I'm worried Dominic's going to take it. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to take language lessons. Fuck you so hard. Get fucked. Oh my um, God, I hate you. This is a movie that I was on none of my lists and Dominic found it and was like, let's yeah, watch I it. And I was like, it. okay. And then I took it. And... um. Oh, what's his name? Who makes it even? Go fuck yourself. I'm not <laughs> contributing at all to your analysis of this. Brutal. <laughs> 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 oh my god, it's Mark Duplass. It is. Yeah, so it's Mark Duplass. And he's Charlie oh, that's Fuck awesome. as always. I, I do him. not. I don't know how this movie has gone without any attention except for in our house. But goddamn it. it. So it is by the incomparable Mark Duplass and Natalie Morales. This is her directorial debut, and it is. Fucking stunning. So basically the whole movie takes place in essentially video chats, which hello, like buys right into our thing. Um, And it's another movie that does a really good job of establishing a platonic love story, even though like it, like, and it could go the other way, but it doesn't and stays platonic, which is on brand. Um, The movie essentially just stars the two of them in video chats doing Spanish lessons and then it like breaks your heart and I don't want to spoil it because I really want you guys to watch it and get the most out of it. But it is breathtaking. I didn't think I could be so overwhelmed by movies that just show two people switching back and forth between like video chat scenes. But it touched me in a way that I was not expecting. Um, and incredibly done. And mostly and again, like because the two of them are who they are and are so incredible and charming and the chemistry they have is unreasonable. Um and yeah, I I like that Mark Duplass, you know, and Natalie wrote it together and then she directed it. Because I think a lot of times we see just Duplass brothers, they write it, they direct it, they do all the parts of it kind of thing. So to see him collaborate with her in her first directorial debut and like really let her take the reins and do it so well has been incredible. I laughed out loud. I cried out loud. I did all the feelings, which is exactly what you want from a movie. So I I cannot recommend it highly enough. Dominic, tell us, I'm, how are you feeling no, I'm right now? I'm not happy. I'm really upset, guys. I'm really upset. Uh, nobody has heard of this movie. I'm I the one who found this. I made us watch it. I am so... I'm not... Uh, it's a great Tom, movie. Let me ask you a question, though. When you decided to watch it, when you picked it, were you all already aware you were going to be in this draft? Yes, and now so looking you should have watched it by yourself. I should have. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> so I should have done. You. Because we did <laughs> watch. You a few know, I love our... Mark Duplass. Also, you should have taken. You should have taken this and hidden it from me, and you didn't. And it's a great movie. It's a great pick. Uh, I mean, he is. He's so good at doing so much with so little. Um, and he does it yet again. Like it's literally just the two of them, uh, on 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 a Zoom call, pretty much the whole movie. And I thought that one of my like a uh, subtle favorite parts was like as we've all gone through this pandemic and we've become accustomed to zoom we've all had technical issues uh and like like our video cutting out or sound cutting out a little bit and they did such a great job of like every once in a while uh pretty frequently throughout the movie like the sound would like skip a little like with one of them and it just made it feel more immersive and 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 genuine which it already felt because the two performances are are so fucking great um yeah i mean she's she's amazing it, 
I it's I could yeah I'm upset and I could think you can hear that in my voice but this is I cannot recommend this enough to people um it is a great watch and uh I'm very sad I didn't get it what Dom is saying what he's trying to say is when you hear the the cuts and breaks in our podcast that's just for authenticity's sake exactly it's it's so that you can relate to it (laughs) um Kyle have you heard about this one so I think I have now that you're you mentioning like the names because I follow Mark on Twitter. I wish I'd seen it now so I could, probably would have drafted it because I, I am a huge Mark Duplass fan. Uh, Blue Jay is one of my favorite movies of all time. And this feels very like that because that movie is just him and Sarah Paulson. Uh, so I yeah, I love I love Mark. I think he has this really weird offbeat like humor and, and energy to him, but then is also really sweet and like. Uh, obviously he and Natalie have worked together on room 104. So like I, yes, this is sounding off all of my indie like alarm bells right now. And I'm probably just going to rent it after we finish this draft. Cause it looks like an incredible movie. I mean, I just watched creep in October for the first time. Ugh. I mean, that's, that's just him and the movie. other person in that movie. And it's just so unsettling, by the way, I highly <laughs> yeah. recommend it. Um, and, and apparently the second one is a little bit even more introspective and it just sounds like that's just what he's so good at. It seems like those one-on-ones, those intimate kind of vibes. I want to see this. I think Mark Duplass is very talented. Um, I had never heard of this until now. So yeah, they need to, to get that out there. Uh, it sounds amazing. It's really, it's Any other thoughts? And I don't know how it got buried because like we were saying, we can see how kind of French Dispatch got buried by Dune. We could see how that happens. There's like nothing like this. And again, it's a totally original concept, which I'm always on board of. Like when you see something that's not a remake, not based on something, and it like hits so well and so hard. Like and nothing else has been a Zoom call movie. I don't know how it got skipped over. I don't know how we all missed it, but. I think that unfortunately that's how, because it's un- yeah. original. But that's the sad truth. It's like, yeah, like all the it, franchise stuff. It's literally kind of on. It. I can't tell you how many different websites I. I I was on that were like top whatever movies of 2021. It was on none of them. The only reason I found it was because I was bored and we have an Amazon fire stick. And I was, so I went through, I was like, here's another way of finding 2021 movies. So I just went to movies and like released this year basically. And it was right there. And I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like 95% or whatever. I'm like, how is this? How have I not come across this? Also it's Mark Duplass and I fucking love him. Yeah, and this is just going to be my second plug for Togetherness. If you haven't watched the show, Great everyone show. should watch it so so that I have more people to talk about it with. Yeah. I, I feel like all... this movie... Oh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, this movie is going to be one of those that I think gets a lot of legs going forward. Like, as mm-hmm. it hits some streaming services and everything, I think this will gain, gain a following. What was that, Kyle? What do you want to say? Have you all seen the movie Searching? So that's the only one I can think of that's kind of like this. Different. It's not a rom-com. It's is a, that the John Cho movie? Yes. Very cool concept. It's a thriller and it is basically all on a, a video call. So there is but one not, movie. not like a shitty in a shitty way like that movie Unfriended. Like it's done in a really oh. creative, imaginative way. Um, so I recommend that. But this sounds like it's like that, but as a rom-com. So it sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to watch it. That's another one on the list. And that means uh, we are going to move along to Dom's next pick. You got Belfast. You got Luca. You going out of the states again? Oh boy! You can only so, pick a one-word movie from now on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one more movie that's somewhere out of the states. <laughs> uh, actually, 
yeah, I will be picking one that is uh, out of the States. Um, language lessons was a great pick. But, um, and so I'm also now in panic mode of that. I thought that that was going to make it to me. But I also really fucking enjoyed this one. And this was, um, I think, I think we've only been to see two or three movies in theaters this year. And this is one of them. Um, and this is uh, Last Night in Soho. God damn it. <laughs> I, still um, I was like, you're all men. Yeah. This will make it back to me, surely. No one has even referenced it a little bit. We love Anya Taylor. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. This we is a Anya very pro Anya Taylor Joy podcast. I, yeah. no, I am Taylor. And I know I'm, you all love Doctor Who, so I should have seen this one coming. <laughs> I am, I love Matt Smith in, in many ways. Um, he was incredible in this, um, but he's not the main thing that was incredible about this. I love... Um, so I'm famously not a uh, horror movie fan. Um, I'm a scared boy, but I do love thrillers. Um, like I love Alien uh, and and movies in that vein, and and movies that like sort of scare me and like put me on edge, but they're not like jump scare scary. Uh, and this was definitely like in that vein. Um, it's listed as a drama, mystery, and thriller, um, and it's fucking great. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Mm. She's amazing. I've like I've loved her in everything I've seen her in. Anya is, of course, amazing because she's incredible. Um, Ace of the year. I'm gonna. Bu- I think I'm gonna butcher his name, but his name is Michael Ajao. Ajao. A J A O. I don't know how you pronounce that. Um, but he was great. He was someone I had never heard of, and he was like really incredible. Um, he plays sort of the romantic interest, sort of the friend interest, whatever. And he was super charming and lovable and a, and a sweet, sweet boy. Um, the cast is great. Like the people I've already mentioned, Matt Smith is really good at playing someone I really didn't like. Uh, and that was also new for me because I have, I really love him. And I usually, I love him in in the roles that he's in and his characters. Um, the costume design was like, insane it was so fucking incredible and that's not usually something like that's just not something i usually pay attention to or like that catches my eye or that i think of first when i uh, come out of movies but coming out of that movie that was one of the things that stuck with me the most um it was great it was it was unpredictable for me i don't know if that's just because i'm not uh as smart as kristen maybe she saw some of the twists coming but i i really loved it um and i would highly recommend it it was it was really good all right kyle uh you still haven't seen it right Right. So I once we like after today, I felt okay. I was like, there's probably like two big ones that I missed that I'm bummed about. And it was this and the French dispatch. Um, I really want to see it still. I know it's still in theaters. I'll try and get out to see it. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to rent it. But I love Edgar Wright. I love fill in the blank like i love all of the names attached to this movie um terrence stamp like i love that he's still making movies i just yeah yeah, he's still around yeah and he's fucking amazing of course he's doing great the bittersweet (laughs) part of it is i really want to see diana rigg in it um i just yeah i this movie looks incredible i love edgar wright i think baby driver is the only movie he's made that i don't absolutely fucking adore um but i do absolutely fucking adore all of his other movies uh so yeah i i do love horror movies so i just i can't wait to see this movie also the soundtrack top tier top fucking tier soundtrack so i'm so i'm so mad i haven't seen this yet like i should guys are gonna love it but (laughs) yeah this was another one that i thought would be on my list if i did end up seeing it i just i just didn't get there I'm glad he got drafted. It sounded like it was going to get drafted by one of us if if any or all of us had seen it. 
I'm glad that Edgar Wright is, you know, doing some some different kind of stuff, you know, a little mm-hmm. more thriller. I, I can't wait to see it. He has he's so good with like tone and and visuals and stuff. So I, I really am excited. It sounds great. I love Anya so much. And yeah, I can't wait. Kristen, how Thompson is so about? fucking charming. Sorry to uh, interrupt. <laughs> Thomason is great. She's so she good in Jojo so Rabbit, too. so goddamn charming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything, like, this was, I think, the first movie maybe that we'd seen, like, in theaters after, like, a super-duper long time of not going to big movie theaters. Um, so that is definitely what made part of it such a huge experience because it is just such, like, a movie lover's movie. Again, like, an original story, which you don't ever get to see that's, like, flushed out so, so well. I think especially a lot of the movies that came out this year were much more subdued, like a lot of black and white movies, a lot of movies with like minimal score, a lot of like very straightforward kind of stuff. And so like, to see something that like did have a lot of like sound and color and emotion and characters, the soundtrack's incredible, the costumes, the sets, like it, it feels like an old Hollywood type of movie and where I knew there was a twist and I couldn't put my finger on it, what it was, which always makes me excited because usually I can see it coming a mile away or if I didn't see it coming, it was just that it was really stupid and I haven't even considered that they would put that in there as a twist kind of thing. So to be genuinely surprised and satisfied with a twist ending in a thriller movie was a huge, a huge thing. Um, I thought it was incredible. I was hooked like start to finish. In the scary parts, even like visually feel, they feel almost kind of like Twilight Zone, like horror where like it's just like scary, just like very like old school looking like for like this is a scary thing to scare yeah. you kind of like fun thing that, that I love. Um, there are two great Blink and You Miss It performances, one by uh, Oliver Phelps or his brother. Who can tell? They're both listed in the cast. I don't even know if we know which one of them was in it. <laughs> or were they really both in it for like a two-second thing? I think they He's were both in it. Well, did he... I like to believe that because like I, I can have see both it ears? being... Because <laughs> he did lose his ear in the filming of Deathly Hallows. Famously so. enough. Famously, um, yeah. And also, <laughs> that was a documentary. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> and also Sam Clayton, who I love. Clayton, Clayton, how you say his last oh, name? Cool. From uh, Peaky Blinders is in it for a millisecond. And again, I was like, is that, what's his name from Peaky Blinders? Like, no, it looks the just like him ever. though. And then it was. <laughs> um, so that was fun. And Diana Rigg is a delight and a treasure that will be missed forever kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, highly recommend. Fun and like suspenseful and beautiful, like start to finish. Dominic even said, I know you liked this movie more than I did, so I probably won't draft it, which is why I didn't. Draft <laughs> yeah, it. and then you drafted language lessons and tick tick boom. So you can get fucked. That's this is so fun. This is this couples will, therapy, the podcast. Yes. I'm I'm reading this as soon as it's like rentable. So I'm counting the days down. I need to check and see when it becomes uh, rentable. All right. I'm so happy an Edgar Wright movie got picked. I need more Edgar Wright movies. I hope he starts, like, he just gets in a groove and, like, makes one every two, three years. That'd be lovely. But that means we are to Kyle for his third pick. And before we do, we'll go to another quick break. Here at Planet Fantasy, we're all looking for places to blame for our problems. We don't want to take responsibility. Did you run into only red lights on the way home from work? I've been there. Did you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Maybe you forgot to brew some coffee this morning? Well, thanks to our friend Sharon, we've all got a scapegoat this holiday season to blame for all of life's mundane problems, and that is Marie Callender. Marie Callender ruined this podcast, so thanks Marie Callender. 
Hey, y'all, we're back. We're just drafting some amazing movies. The movies of 2021, a really stacked year. We are almost to the end of it. We got one pick and one round left. Kyle, what's your third pick? All right. Uh, so this movie, from the moment I saw it in the theater, was my favorite movie of the year until today. It's my second favorite now. Uh, I tried to go four to one, but some were taken. So I almost went four to one. Tick, tick, boom was number three. Uh, but this is, yeah, my number two. I have not shut up about this movie since I saw it. I'm, I'm thrilled that Damon finally saw this movie. Uh, I'm drafting Pig, directed by Michael <laughs> wow. Sarnowski. Wow. I fucking adore this movie. And I know that I'm biased because I adore Nicolas Cage. But I also think that this is now my movie to recommend to anyone who doesn't like Nicolas Cage. I don't uh, like him, so I'm so excited to hear this pitch. Like, I avoided okay, this movie good. because good. I just don't like him. Perfect. So, so this I'm is my really way to sell it. Yes. Because, yeah, so I feel like Nicolas Cage has hit a turning point in the last few years. It started, I think, in 2013 with the movie Joe with Ty Sheridan. And then in 2018 with the movie that I also don't shut up about, Mandy. And now this movie. We are now in the, like empathetic era of Nicolas Cage movies. So and Nicolas that, Cage is making movies that have one word in the title in alphabetical order. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're usually just names. Uh, yeah, th this movie. So I feel like I, I, I said this to our friend Katie last night when I was telling her what I was drafting and I was, she was surprised that I was drafting this movie, um, but also not because I love Nicolas Cage. I just, I tell anyone to watch this because I think people need to go in and, I shouldn't have said it was Nicolas Cage. I want people to go in with like no preconceived notions. It's not going to be National Treasure. It's not going to be Vampire's Kiss. Like this is not the Nicolas Cage that everyone sees all the well, time. His face is right, right smack. I know down in the it's of right the, there in the poster. Can't go into That's it. Why I, I hate the it. marketing for the movie. It's just him he... looking dirty and grizzled, and like gross. Shit, yeah, again. So the marketing was also terrible because so from the trailer, I don't know if y'all saw the trailer for this movie. Basically, uh, Nicolas Cage is kind of lives out on his own in the woods, and he uh, is like, I, I think his official title is like a truffle farmer. He works with the truffle pig who finds, I don't know how truffle works, but, you know, <laughs> finds truffles. I don't know how truffle works. <laughs> For a local, like, uh, business. Uh, but he lives on his own in the, in the woods <laughs> by himself, and this pig is basically his only bread. Um, and Alex Wolf plays uh like this businessman who comes every week to get the truffles <laughs> from him for the business uh and from I the like trailer say business like it could be anything other than like a restaurant <laughs> or a grocery store i know i just don't understand <laughs> truffles even after watching this movie twice um but so from the trailer basically so the basic concept is that he lives on his own and he has this pig and then one day the pig is taken. Uh, these people like knock him out and take the pig away from him. And from the trailer, you're thinking it's like a John Wick movie, but with a pig. Like <laughs> Nick Cage, literally the trailer sells it as like he's all pissed off and he's going to go find his pig. And it's just, I saw the trailer and I, because I love Nick Cage, I was like, all right, I'll watch it. But th this looks fucking stupid. It's not that at all. It's one of the quietest, most contemplative, introspective movies I've seen this year. Uh, basically the entire movie hinges on the fact that that's, that's his only friend. The, the pig is his own, the only thing he cares about in life. And so the fact that he goes into like civilization for the first time in years is because he cares so much about this pig. The, the catchphrase for the movie, like the log line, I think it's on the poster is we don't get a lot of things in life to care about. And like, 
the way that line is delivered in the movie, I could fucking cry talking about it. Yeah, fuck off with that line. It was, yeah, it's, and you get, there's some reasoning behind that line you get with his backstory, which I won't talk about, but the whole movie is basically him. And he's a very abrasive guy because he lives on his own. So he has this very abrasive relationship with Alex Wolf's character, but they kind of need each other's help because the pig is really good at finding these truffles and, Nick Cage has a connection with it. So like Nick Cage needs Alex Wolf to to like because he has connections in finding the pig, but Alex Wolf needs Nick Cage because he needs this pig. So they kind of have to work together. So it's like this great movie of like them kind of coming to an understanding of each other. But then yeah, the selling point is that it's just it's Nick Cage in this very just quiet, like introspective role where he's not he's not screaming Nick Cage. He's not, you know, he's not the <laughs> like, Nick Cage everyone knows. It's the same with the movie Joe that came out a few years ago. It's a very similar role, but he's just like, just it's a lot of uh, face acting and like a lot of it in his eyes and just very compassionate because he just cares about this pig. And like, yeah, it's just there's also a, like a whole story about how he used to be a this like really top of like high end chef uh, before he quit and went to go work off in the woods. And so like, uh, there's a specific scene where he meets a chef he used to work with, and that's when the line comes in because the chef has kind of sold out and cut some corners best at scene. the restaurant. Yeah, it's the best scene in the best movie. Scene. And he tells them, he's like, you used to wanted to like you you wanted to open this bakery or whatever it was. Why didn't you do that? And the guy's like, well, whatever. He gives him some bullshit reasons, and he tells him like, we don't get a lot of things to care about. None of these people care about what you do. You should do what you care about. Like, do chase your passion, pretty pretty much. Um, so it's just this really beautiful, like quiet, introspective movie that I absolutely did not expect. Again, I went to the theater to see it because of my undying love for Nick Cage. <laughs> I was sitting there fully prepared for two hours of bullshit. You I, I saw it I'm, knowing that I am a sucker. Yeah. And it turns yeah. out it tricked I, me. I now yes, want to watch it. me in. No, yeah. But, I, I was like ready for this dumb John Wick movie. And it's, I was sitting there crying at the end of the movie because it, the way it ends also is fucking gut-wrenching uh but it ends on and i almost drafted just last week for our stewards of sound uh episode it ends on a cover of the bruce springsteen song uh i'm on fire and it's the way it is worked into the plot of the movie Whew, it's just i'm gonna cry if i keep talking about the movie <laughs> but it's just i highly re- it's on hulu now that's the, that's the cool okay. thing is it wasn't theaters and no one could find it and now it's it's on hulu so i just i definitely recommend pick yeah You've convinced me. The last, the last Nick Cage movie that I enjoyed was uh, Gone in 60 Seconds because I was a seven-year-old boy and it was about fast cars and cool things. And I watched it with, uh, my dad was a hockey coach at the time, so I watched it with a bunch of high school boys who also thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and since then, I have hated Nick Cage. <laughs> that hurts <laughs> because that I, means you don't like the National Treasure movies. I yeah. fucking hate them, and I. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. You don't me. need to. That, this that doesn't need to be. I'm not. This is not a Nick Cage crusade. I'm not here to <laughs> trash Nick Cage. I. <laughs> the point this is, is not saying the hill that I was, die on. <laughs> yeah, you have convinced me that uh, that that I should give this movie a chance. Also, I love pigs, uh, and and so that is helpful. But I am yeah. famously one of my favorite um, uh, Disney characters. Uh, sidekicks is Pua, and I. Oh. <laughs> he's the best so you've convinced me it sounds great i mean i'm and, and it's cool that it's on hulu and it's accessible so this will definitely be uh one of the ones that's that's on my list yes um kyle yeah told me about it him and our friend austin of course they're nick cage alights like they're just like cult <laughs> fans members of his cult the cult of the cage uh 
and they so they're talking it up and I finally it dropped on uh, Hulu. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this, see where it sits on my board. It's a very good movie. It's not one of my favorites of the year, but I very much enjoyed it. It's a very quiet movie and it just allows you to breathe and, and kind of almost try to get in that same mindset where Nick is in the movie. It's funny though, because like, I think the trailer was almost a troll. They were like, <laughs> because a lot of the beats in this, this movie could play. Like, it's right. almost like a, it's like a satire almost of like a John wick. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, he loves this animal. He loses it. He goes on this crusade to get it back. But he's this super nice, empathetic guy who's just talking <laughs> to everybody. Like, yeah. but it's it, it kind of has the same kind of uh, structure, you know. Like Kyle said, he's this kind of revered chef, and he's been out of the business. But like when people hear see him and hear his name, they're like, "Oh, ooh, not oh him!" Like it, it it makes you think, "Oh my God, is he about to like start breaking necks?" Until you like figure out, like, "Oh no, he's a chef. He's like mm-hmm. a former chef," and it's just, but it still has that same kind of vibe, which is kind of hilarious. In, in you know in re- retrospect because of the trailer but it's such a really enjoyable movie um one of nick cage's best performances in a long long time if not ever really i mean so much gravitas i and if not if like if anything watch it for that scene in the restaurant like that's the scene i mentioned to kyle when i finished it's just it's everything the emotion is so packed and o- almost overwhelming it's it's great uh kristen what do you think I'm open to seeing it. I wasn't like super interested like from the get go, um, but I just like watching Kyle get excited about talking about things. So <laughs> it makes me want to see it. I just, my one question is: Do you You're know? Such a good what, mom. Do you know what a truffle is? No. <laughs> then the movie didn't do its job. It's a mushroom. Exactly. It's a type of mushroom, correct? It's sure. Mus- cor- it's correct. The answer is mushroom. Or but truffle. I was so busy crying over the connection between him and this pig that I didn't care what the truffle was. <laughs> Do they make any babe references, I guess, is my no. other question. No. Well, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck this movie. It's also another, like Nine Days, is another directorial debut, which I was also really impressed by because the guy who directed this just seemed like he'd, he's been around for so Like, it's just such a complete and full vision that I was, I was really impressed that it was his first movie. Cool. All right. That ends the third round we are now to the very last one y'all we all have one pick left out of many movies kyle we already know what your pick is but tell everyone at home (laughs) yeah so uh i got my draft board together a couple days ago and i had like my my final picks ready and i had four but then i put one down because i knew i was like i'm going to see an advanced screening i just heard about it uh at so basically this movie is going to hit on christmas uh wide release i think on apple tv as well um joel cohen not the cohen brothers just one of them joel cohen uh released the tragedy of Macbeth. uh it stars denzel washington and francis mcdormand in the two lead roles which is maybe the most inspired casting i've ever heard of in my life uh this movie yeah so i i I reserved a spot just because those are names that I knew were like speaking to me in my soul. Like I love Coen Brothers movies, love Denzel. I love black and white movies. This is shot all in black (laughs) and white. Uh, And I feel like sometimes movies do that just to do it, like just to be artistic because I feel like they can't do anything else to be artistic. Looking at you, Logan. Uh, And I just feel like this movie, absolutely. I love Logan. (laughs) I just think that when they released the black and white cut, I was like, why? It was already good. 
this movie, I feel like, so obviously everyone knows the story of Macbeth, but I feel like the story is such a moody, atmospheric story anyway, that the black and white really incorporates that visually, like in a very, like a shadowy palette. Um, we all know that Joe Cohen knows how to direct a movie and typically the Cohen brothers movies have great cinematography. Usually he works with Roger Deakins. Uh, he does not for this one, but Bruno Delbanel, his cinematography is just fucking incredible in this movie. Um, the set design feels like a stage. I mean, this really felt like a stage production of Macbeth. Uh, it was all shot on a soundstage, which was really cool. The cool thing also about the screening was that it had a telecasted uh, Q&A with Joel Cohen and Francis McDormand after the movie. Um, so he got to talk about like shooting this in the middle of the pandemic. They got through about halfway through the movie in March of 2020 and they didn't think they were ever going to finish the movie. Um, and then they got back to it, you know, four months later. And they say that that's rare to get that, like a four month break in the middle of shooting such an intense movie. So they they really knew what they wanted to complete with uh, the rest of the movie when they got back. And so, um, yeah, it, it's just it it is. I'm a huge mark for Shakespeare in general and especially Macbeth. Um, I thought I had seen the perfect Macbeth adaptation before this with Throne of Blood. And that's probably still my favorite. Macbeth adaptation, but this movie really rivals it. Uh, I think Denzel, my dad, when he heard that Denzel was playing Macbeth, he was like, really? And I, I don't know why. I just, for some reason, that just feels perfect for me. I just think Denzel has that that gravitas to him. Um, he's phenomenal. I do think it's kind of a bummer that Frances McDormand won an Oscar last year for a movie that she shouldn't have won an Oscar for because she absolutely deserves it as Lady Macbeth for this movie, and she probably won't win. Um uh, I, I just think that they're phenomenal. You also have our guy Dudley Dursley from Harry Potter. Oh, uh, Harry Melling plays uh, Duncan. He's a, uh, er, yeah, Idaho? sorry, Malcolm. Malcolm. Oh, okay. Duncan Idaho, yeah. <laughs> he, Malcolm, he's in this too. King Duncan's son. <laughs> King Duncan is played sorry, by Brendan Duncan Gleeson, Idaho. also from the Harry Potter movies. Um, you get, uh, God, one of the coolest things about the movie, you know, Macbeth has these really mystical elements to it, especially with these witches who show up and kind of get the story going. And the lead witch is played by this actress who, I don't know how many movies she's been in, but she's really known as a stage actress. And she was in a, I believe she was in a stage production of Macbeth with Frances McDormand. And Joe Cohen saw that production and was like, we got to make a movie. Like, we're going to make a movie of it and we're going to get her involved. She's fucking phenomenal. Her physical performance as the witch is like terrifying. Um, yeah, it just it's one of those movies that I knew when it, when I saw that it was coming out, I was like, this checks every box that I want in a movie. Uh, and I mentioned during the break, I was a little let down by The Green Knight earlier this year. Haven't finished it. Uh, but I love that work. I love Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, and I'm also a big Shakespeare fan, so I, I needed one of those adaptations to really deliver, and boy, did this one ever. Like, it's just, I can't wait to go watch it again when it comes out on Christmas. I implore anyone to go check it out. Um, it's rare to see a movie by one of the Coen brothers, so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's if, if you know what you're getting into and if you're a fan of Shakespeare, it's also like the di dialogue is full Shakespeare dialogue, so you have to know that going in or you will be thrown off. Uh, but it's just, it's fucking phenomenal. I'm super Love jealous that you got to see it ahead of time. <laughs> this was one of those movies where like when I was doing the prep for this draft, there were, you know, a handful that I was, you know, bummed that I wasn't going to get to see before this, which is just a reality of when we had to do this draft. 
um, because they like look so great or the casting looks so great. And this was definitely like top of the list. Like I saw this on all of the, not that the Oscars fucking matter, but all of the, uh, you know, articles that are like predicting what's going to win, what's going to be nominated, everything. This was like top of everything. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm very jealous that you got to see it. I'm very excited to see it. And I'm happy to hear that, uh, that you loved it so much. Kristen, any thoughts? I'm also really excited to see it. I'm happy to have like a personal recommendation because like Dominic said, I see a lot of buzz for it, but like, is it going to be all hype and no substance kind of thing? So I'm happy to hear that it actually delivers what it says. I'm a sucker for like we said, like theater and Shakespeare. And so I appreciate a good movie adaptation. I prefer when Kenneth Branagh does them and is in them, but I guess I'll have to like live, but you know. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It looks a little too serious for me, but I am excited. I do love me some Shakespeare. I love Macbeth. I was in a Macbeth play when I think in my fifth grade, elementary. Yep, I, would, I believe I was the narrator, which was not a role that there was. They just that also feels young it. for Shakespeare. Yeah, really. Oh, we, we, we <laughs> and especially Macbeth. Yeah, yeah, like I'm not a Shakespeare yeah. expert, but that seems know. like maybe not quite the. <laughs> it's not really a my first Shakespeare yeah. type of play. You well, you know, our first one was Caesar. That we we did it was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. We we did a trio of Caesar, what's cool, uh, Macbeth, <laughs> and King Lear. Damon is oh my four, God. Damon is uh, about four hundred years old. Damon is actually just Benjamin <laughs> Button, and he went to a school with all Benjamin Buttons, and they were no, all old people no, no, aging okay. backwards. And so they were like, "Yeah, this is age appropriate because they're actually." <laughs> like I really didn't understand how weird the fact that we did these plays as like this is a southern school this isn't like louisiana right this is a bible belt school <laughs> and we're, we're these kids in this expanded horizons class it was it was the gifted class right and our our teacher was just like yeah we're gonna do plays and i loved them i absolutely like i still cherish those doing it like i but the fact that we did these shakespeare plays and like we put them on in front of like the entire school like multiple times and yeah it's like we were like 10 year olds <laughs> Like, <laughs> I want to just tell a story real quick. I used to nanny for a girl. She was four. We were trying to pick a preschool for her to go to. We found one in the area. Oh, it's at a church, but this is probably still fine. Looking through pictures. Looks pretty legit. We get to Easter. They put on an Easter play of the uh, Passion of the Christ with little kids in Roman soldier outfits and a little oh, little Jesus and everything. So I feel oh. like this is, where, uh, this is uh, where Damon went to preschool. Really. <laughs> I mean, not not too much farther off. I'll, I'll, we'll say that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't anyone fun in Macbeth, so I'm still upset about that one. That was the damn narrator. Um, <laughs> That's kind of fun, though. You get to set that the is, stage. Yeah. I was on stage the whole damn time, and this is a kid <laughs> who had stage fright. I don't know how I ever did any of this. But I much preferred my turn in King Lear as, um, who the hell was I? I was Edgar. I was ah, the guy, and I had a big old sword fight. That, that yeah. was great. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see this movie, so... Anything, any last words you wanted to say about it before we move on? Just, yeah, I implore everyone. I know that I felt a little bad drafting it because I know it's not accessible right now, but I just, everyone go see it. Uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned Brendan Gleeson and like Harry Melling. There's also like Corey Hawkins plays McDuff and he's fucking phenomenal. I feel like he's an actor who I, we said this with Andrew Garfield and I don't agree with that, but I, I, forget how good he is and then he just shows up like it's straight out of compton and then earlier this year in probably one of my honorable mentions in the heights uh <laughs> he's just great in everything and he's he's really great in this movie so everyone go check out Macbeth. all right that means we are moving along to dom's last pick what oh, you got boy. 
yeah, so I was contemplating taking the one that I think I know Kristen wants, um, but then I realized that would be silly because there's another movie that I like more, and why do that? Um, I am going to take another uh, big uh, studio movie um, that was not perfect, but I really enjoyed. And since, uh, like Kristen alluded to earlier, my dad is going to be very uh, disappointed in me for not taking Shang-Chi and, and, and <laughs> representing my, my Asian heritage, I'm going to take uh, Raya. Uh. Uh, because I feel like this movie needs to be drafted. I think it was an important movie in 2021. I think it was an imperfect movie. Um, but I think it was still really, really fucking good. Um, I thought all of the voice acting was incredible. I thought Kelly Marie Tran, um, Gemma Chan, like Benedict Wong, it was all like top to bottom. It was really great. Um, I thought there were a few sort of storytelling elements that I didn't completely love. Um, but I really did love like this, them tackling sort of like redeeming yourself and um being able to be not a perfect person and having and 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 showing these like real human characters or in the case of a dragon not human but like having a humanized uh experience of not being a perfect person and making mistakes and fucking up and still being able to like be like oh yeah but you are still a good person and you are capable of good and and you are capable of like of showing us showing us that and demonstrate demonstrating that um, so I thought there was a lot of there were a lot of really beautiful lessons and like and good shit for kids to learn, but also just like a fun movie for adults. Um, yeah, and I think it was uh, I, I I couldn't I couldn't let this movie not get drafted uh, in the top movies of 2021. So despite the fact that I already have a big animated one, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end my draft with with Raya. I love it, Kristen. You have already said a little bit about this one. Um, <laughs> Go in detail. Why are you not the biggest fan of of Raya? I don't. I was really underwhelmed. Like the the funny parts, like weren't really funny. They seemed like really like intentionally. Like it was written by somebody who's like, "What do kids like?" And like doesn't actually. He's never really met a child, kind of thing. Like so just very forced jokes sometimes that I was not super into. Um, visually, it's stunning. I really liked the character development for the characters for the most part. Right. Aquafina as Raya, I found kind of annoying, and no, she, I don't like when a movie she was the has. Dragon. Aquafina wasn't right. Yeah, she was the dragon. I thought Raya was the dragon again in my own brain. Like I, just, <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but I also don't like when a movie has no stakes. Like even like animated movies, I'm like not interested. Like the dragon should have stayed dead. That mm. should have been like how the movie ended, and then she gets like a statue, and they all like stand around it and light candles and are like let this be a reminder that we shouldn't be so untrustworthy and so shitty to each other kind of thing. Like, the fact that he just gets to come back and there's, like, no consequences are kind of bullshit. That was the like, biggest... I, yeah, that was the biggest flaw. In it. And it was especially disappointing because Don Hall did uh, did Big Hero 6, which did have consequences and did have, like, no, people stay dead. And Boy, did it ever. Yeah, yeah and right. things hurt, yeah. and it's okay to hurt and still have, like... Right different ways of having a happy ending yeah so that like, was the biggest disappointment she, for me for yeah sure. like yeah. oh her dad is back and also the dragon was like ever like right. there was nothing like everyone is totally fine just kidding nothing matters like mm -hmm. <laughs> thanks for hanging with us for the last hour and a half like i don't i don't appreciate that it's like if luca had ended we're like just kidding we're all gonna stay in the same town together forever kind <laughs> of thing like no like 
that wouldn't have been good either kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I don't like, you know, just like death and drama for the sake of death and drama. Just like, let's really like fuck people up kind of thing. But like, this is a movie that like very clearly had an opportunity to like, this happened and we're going to live with it now kind of thing. And then it just didn't. And it just like, mm-hmm. th- it just like 180 on the whole thing. And so that was just like, for a movie that already I like didn't really enjoy, like, and then just to turn around like that at the end, I was like, okay, well then, never mind. I don't care. <laughs> That's fair. Kyle, uh, how did you feel about Raya? I like it. I, I'm i not going to say I forgot about it because I was aware of this movie, but it feels like this movie came out like years ago at this point. I know it came out very early in the year, um, but I, I think to Kristen's point, I agree with mo- most of what you're saying. I think, honestly, that's a result of the fact that we have been really spoiled by animated movies recently, that they are actually addressing that stuff and like dealing with them in really cool ways that now... When a movie like Raya comes along, that is a perfectly serviceable, fine movie. It's almost like, oh, well, this isn't like a great, like, this isn't Luca or this isn't, you know, something else. Uh, so I totally get that. I, I thought it was cute, though. I think uh, I think Kelly Marie Tran, I, I love that she now has her name associated with another Disney project and is not getting shit, shit you know, undeservedly <laughs> shit on for something that's not her fault. Uh, I think that she is great in this movie. Um, I thought the animation was beautiful. And one thing too, again, like I, I, I've forgotten large parts of this movie, but I do really want the sword because it's one of the coolest fictional yes. swords I've ever it's seen. So cool. It's so cool. I'll, I'll just touch on a couple of things not touched on. I, I mean, the fact that we have actual great fight choreo in a Disney animated movie since, like, I think it's the first since Mulan. Yeah. If I'm, like, you know, of course you had some fighting and, and like Hercules and what have you, but like, this is like straight up like some nice martial arts and it's, it's great. Like to see it on um, the sword is amazing. One of my new favorite uh, animal companions, Tuk Tuk. Like, Tuk Tuk is OG. great. Hell Tuk-tuk yeah. Incredible. Tuk-tuk. Love Tuk-tuk. Best part um, of the whole movie in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> Um, the baby, not my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) That was a weird choice. I will say that was like, like, this is a kid's movie. Yeah, that they had to have something weird like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this, this is a movie that they really did try to become a little bit more like old school Disney with it, a little bit more childlike and innocent and a little, and it ends up being a little bit more corny and forced. And and I think in some aspects, but I still really enjoyed it. I thought Sisu like Aquafina with another great turnout in a Disney movie. Um, And Kelly Marie Tran, I thought was really, really believable as a Raya. And I liked the whole kind of plot of the whole message of, being like guarded and not trusting anybody like being like especially after being hurt you know like being able to put yourself out there again and to trust like i just thought that was a really good byline and i think they delivered on that one you know it it was flawed and maybe they didn't deliver on some of the other ones but i thought that message would work really well so i like i'm really glad this i also love the sword but it did anyone else notice that it looks a little too similar to to Sean Yu's sword in in Mulan. Correct. It, I, it might be. And the same. Thanks sword. a lot, Jerk. You ruined it for me. <laughs> but it doesn't do the whole like grapple hook thing. Right. It's yeah. a great sword. And it lights up. So it's like it's kind of like you know what it kind of reminds me. It's like Sean Yu's sword meets um, what should we call it? What's the sword that they have in Lord of the Rings? 
Oh God. That glows uh, blue. Uh, oh, Anna's, that glows blue. Isn't it Sting? Yeah. yeah it's like Sting. if Sting and Shanyu's sword like had a baby. That yeah. would be the Raya sword. <laughs> dig it. All right. Well, that's Raya and the Last Dragon, a Disney movie. Very glad I got picked. And before we move on to the last two of the draft, we're taking our very last break, y'all. We'll be right back. Welcome back from break. We are breaking down the best movies of the year of 2021. We are back to Kristen for her final pick. What'd she got for us? It's me. So I am going to go with a movie also that like just, just came out. I was glad I got to see it before the draft. Cause I think it just came out like a day or two ago online. Um, and it's going to be my spooky movie of the draft. And so I'm going to go with silent night, huh. Ooh. which is a fantasy. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about it. So it's a movie that I came across while looking for like, Movies that were coming out this year. It has a ensemble cast, including uh, Kira Knightley, um, ever, lots of British actors whose names are escaping me at the moment. The kid from Jojo Rabbit, another excellent child performance. So the kids in this movie are hysterical and talk exactly like you'd expect like preteen children to talk. They curse a lot, which is in British accents, which I'm is delightful. Um, I. I was really excited about it just like from like the trailer and the premise, like the vague information I had, like going into it and then seeing it was more impressed than I expected. The whole thing, it takes place in one day in one location. Um, It feels very much like a, like Kurt Vonnegut or Shirley Jackson-esque short story that would like become a play, but it instead became this ensemble cast movie. Um, the hilarious parts are genuinely hysterical. I laughed out loud and the drama and sadness of it and like thriller suspenseness of it is also like incredibly like stressful to watch. Um, and so, and again, they do a great job of like, because we're working with like a short amount of time in a totally different kind of universe setup, like you get just enough background information on kind of what's going on in the rest of the world without going into too much detail, because it really is just about these people in this moment kind of thing. Um, The characters are not likable all the time. They're human. So some of them just like, there's like a shitty cousin who shows up because like, yeah, she's a bitch, but she has to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's Christmas and we have to invite her. Because she has to show up and it's Christmas and family. Right, like she's the cousin and we're inviting her for Christmas, but like she sucks. Um, (laughs) So just the, the cast all delivers outstanding performances um like i said it's it grapples with a lot of like really big themes is really a thinker the ending is incredible it's exactly it's exactly what i wanted from this movie and i just really appreciated how well it was done and another one where like the premise is what grabs you and the cast is what grabs you and then it delivers on top of that um so it's going to be my big recommendation for everyone as far as uh last month of 2021 movies that have come out yeah i i love what you said about how like it doesn't spend too much time uh worrying about like filling you in on like what's been going on in the world because i really i love when movies do that when they're like no this is it like this is what the story is and yeah it's like you know obviously set in a not exactly 2021 earth or world or whatever but we don't need to spend the first half of the movie setting that up um we can just catch you up and then like the rest of it can can speak for itself. Um, 
I I thought the cast was amazing. What Roman Griffin Davis, the kid, mm-hmm. great, fucking charming, so good. I'm also uh, I'm I'm a sucker for Lucy Punch anytime she's in anything. I'm ready. And, oh, Matthew, I love her. Matthew Good is that Matthew Good? Incredible. He's one of those that guys that like every time I see him, I love him. But I never like I couldn't tell you his name if you showed me a picture of him. Usually, like yeah. But he was incredible. As uh, much as you love Annabelle Wallace and Peaky Blinders, you'll hate her in this. <laughs> she, yeah, okay. she was good as always. Um, I didn't love the ending. That was what I thought was sort of the weak point. Um, I, without being spoilerish at all, it was a little too definitive for me. Um, and not defending Inception completely, and we don't need to do an Inception discussion. But I would, I would have preferred more of a more of an Inception type ending where it's more ambiguous, right? Like that's just the first movie that comes to mind because I'm a Christopher Nolan fan. <laughs> but I guess that um, that's what I'm saying, where I it feels like it a sh- where it feels like a short story or like a play. Like the ending kind of hits where like if this was the last line of this like short mm. story or like the last moment of a play where suddenly it like cuts to black and then like. Right. Lights and no, and that's thing, just, like, that was just like a personal choice. Yeah. Like that was just a personal opinion. Um, it was also a little hard for me to watch just because like uh, I am not unlike many people our age where I struggle with anxiety. And one of the things that sometimes really fucking hits my anxiety is dealing with uh, death. Um, and so this was, <laughs> this was a movie where like the entire time we were watching, it, I was like, I'm enjoying this movie. But man, I, I had to take like two out of it. I'm like, this is really, really pushing my anxiety to the max. And yeah. I don't like thinking about these things. But also... I, I I like I thought the way they tackled those themes uh, and those those subjects was were, was good. And it was one of those movies where I I almost didn't watch it with you because, and I I should stop doing this, but it has a fifty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I should stop judging doesn't what mean I see. Anything. It, doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Go I back know, two episodes, Dom. I know it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, and I sort of fell for that where I was like, all right, yeah, like, I guess we'll watch it. Like, I was sort of begrudgingly watching it. And then we came out of it and I was like, how the fuck does that have a 57%? Like, I, I'm not saying this is the most amazing movie ever, but like, that wasn't a good movie. Right. Right. Yeah. In, in like different way, like it was technically good. It was well acted. It was well written. It was like the theme, like all of the things that you're looking for are good. Like it was uncomfortable, but that was the point. <laughs> like, right. I don't understand. Like I, like, I get that I am in a unique position because like it scratched this very specific itch in right. my brain and right. like really hit me like in that spot like in like the best way of just like yeah bullseye i'm <laughs> fucking in but i would nobody's not like that too, yeah right but outside of that even if you're not exactly me and my brain like there's still things to enjoy about it so i was surprised too when i saw it. that's what the rating if i had an award that was like this is like you were saying like this is the movie i'm recommending that has a bad score uh, that has bad reviews and stuff but you should still watch it this would be my recommendation all right um can i watch this right now yeah yeah is it so it just came out yeah it just came out two days ago on oh it's amc plus but you can get it you can do a seven day free trial which right. If you have, yeah. Did. If you if you have Amazon Prime, you can get a seven day free trial. You can watch that. You can watch Portlandia, whatever else is on AMC Plus, and then you can. All the Halloween you can movies. Just let me know, and I'll right. I'll torrent it for you because I'm a pirate, and gotcha. I'll, I'll send it to you. On, <laughs> no, on we a would. Drive. I mean, not that we would ever download any yeah, movie this without podcast going is to not the If the government is listening, of course I, I would mean, never you wouldn't do download a car. So <laughs> I absolutely like, would you... download a car. <laughs> I would love to download a car right now. I really need a car. You wouldn't download a car. I would download a house, but a car also. This this movie is i think i might watch it tonight i might i think i might just put it on after we, we get off here 
Um, I would be very excited to for you. It's one of those movies too that's like simultaneously like I I think it's perfect. When you said that, I was like, yes, this is perfect for that because like it's sort of light just in the way that like you can just put it on like spur of the moment right after doing a podcast and also is like it will like scratch intellectual you know itches and like it is like you will come out of it thinking that was a good movie but also like it's an easy to watch it's it's one of those movies that 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 hits both of those points really well i've liked these recent movies in the last few years that are like ensemble casts and like they're these families that are very very flawed and you really get to see them interact knives out uh, ready or not really fun uh, fun movies not. i'm is it any kind of that kind of vibe at all uh it's not oh, like a mystery at all but it is like oh, it yeah. is sort of an ensemble like that and like uh, there were people that i didn't recognize who were amazing like uh this actor who i'm, I'm gonna butcher his name too his his name is soap derisu i think it's s-o-p-e and then Sope. D- he was amazing i had never heard of him but never Sope. seen him in anything accent on the e all right. It says it right there in the spelling of the name. It, on Rotten Tomatoes, there's no accent. It doesn't tell well, me anything. Further confirmation that Rotten Tomatoes is a bad website. All right, fair. All anyway, right. he was fucking great. Um, and yeah, it is one of those things where it's like an ensemble cast and everyone is doing is 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 killing it, and it's and it's fun to watch. Yeah. Good. And the kids talk like kids. Like if you were like, they you can think about if you can think yeah. about like you and your siblings when you were like when the youngest of you was like nine and the oldest is like thirteen and how like you would like run away from your parents and everyone's just like cursing at each other and just like, get the fuck out of here. Like that's, yeah. that, that happens in this and is incredibly satisfying. Okay. Um, Kyle, any thoughts on, on the movie? No, I, I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> well, uh, all right. You'll hear more from us on that one after we watch it, Kristen. But that leads us to the very last pick of this draft. That is I, um, <laughs> During break, Kyle says that he he knows what my my movie is. Yeah, and we can see it. We can see it on the screen, and I can't fucking wait to hear if it's true. Yes, you're right. Woo! Uh, so I love this fucking movie, what The Mitchells versus the Machines. Please. I've never even heard of this. Oh my, know, my god. god! Watch it right now. Get off the show. Go. Like, <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Have a good night. If not seen this movie, please please watch it. It is. For one, it's essentially the creators of of uh, Spider Verse. Okay, you got Lord and Miller back again. My like, I think they're my favorite like production duo, production writer, direct what like they do kind of a little bit of everything. And this movie is just a Tumblr shit post on the crass is insane. Fuck yeah! yeah. Anytime oh, yeah. someone the... says the phrase Tumblr shit post, like <laughs> this cast is wings. fucking wild. Yeah, it just keeps yes. going too. So, yeah. for anyone who's seen the movie, it's about Katie Mitchell. She is uh, about to graduate high school and she's going off to some awesome college and she's ready to get away from her family who support her, but they kind of don't understand her. Um, she's a real, pretty much a, a a film geek. Like, she's been making homemade movies since she was like, since she could. Um, her dad is a very outdoorsy kind of guy who doesn't get her. She doesn't get him. Very big kind of plot point throughout the entire movie um they get into it and the way he thinks he can fix it is they go on a road trip together from their place all the way to uh, cali to her um to her college and before this can finish happening um essentially this isn't a spoiler because this is the entire movie they fight machines it's essentially a robot apocalypse um and so they're trying to get 
uh, they're trying to pretty much survive and then stop the apocalypse from happening. Um, and it's just hilarious. It's some of my favorite animation style ever. It's very Spider-Verse-like. You get a lot of stuff popping up here and there, a lot of really colorful things. It feels like you're living inside of a, a comic book. Um, it very much feels that way. Super loud and fun. It's very topical. Like it, like I said, it, it's like a Tumblr shitpost. It, this movie, it feels like like a honestly a Gen Z wrote it. Really, like I mean, or like a young millennial. Like it, it has that kind of feel where it has it's stuff that you're just gonna laugh at. It's like this is so absurd. It's internet humor, pretty much, and it it works so well. You have a whole joke of the robots not being able to notice whether they're dog, which also one of my favorite pet companions in a movie ever. Monchi is amazing. He's this pug, right? And so the, the robots can't confirm whether it's a, a pig or a dog, and they just <laughs> they overload. It's awesome. I don't want to say too much about the movie, but it's it's endearing. It's hilarious. And honestly, I I cry every time I watch it. Um, yeah, it's so emotional when it oh. gets to certain spots, and you're like, wow, you're like, it's just this movie's so so funny and silly. You're like, oh wow, now I'm crying, really. Um, this <laughs> I don't show, know how we missed this one. It's on Netflix too. It's on Netflix. It's a Sony movie. It shows you just how strong Sony Animation Division. Yeah, I was just I mean, gonna say I'm. I've got the trailer going now, like with no sound, just like looking at like the visuals of it, and it's visually like stunning looking. It's it's my favorite animated movie since Into the Spider Verse, and I wow. don't take I don't say that lightly. I love animated movies. It gives me the this vibe of like I don't know if boys read these books when you guys were growing up, but I feel like for millennial girls, there was like a lot of books that came out where like they would look like girls like journals or diaries that had like doodles in them along with the writing kind of thing. Uh -huh. And like doodled over photographs and stuff like that. And, and, it, and it feels like it has a very much that and ladies like into the spider verse kind of vibe where like, you know, comic book like words or like things will effects will kind of come in like while the animation's going on. And I'm a sucker for that kind of thing. It looks always had that it was just called Diary of a Wimpy Kid and it was a lot worse. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and, and one thing I want to mention before I get to, to what y'all want to say, but this is pretty much the first animated movie with a very much LGBTQ lead. Like nice. she she pretty much has a pin on her the entire movie. Am I wrong, Kyle? Were you well, I was just saying, it's not subtextual like Luca and it's, Raya. It's not subtextual. Those are pretty gay, but they're pretty, like, <laughs> those subtextual. Those are pretty and gay. And this one is pretty, right. like, out gay. It's those crazy. are, like, secretly yeah. gay. Yes. Like, when you talk about, like, the you, gay agenda yeah. being, right. like, an undercurrent kind of thing, <laughs> like, that's more of that thing. But it's Conservative like, families can like, still take their out. families to this movie, but it's right. so super gay. So, yeah, it this was, movie is was, not shy about it at all. Yeah, it's not. I like It has a lot of rainbows in it to like like in her background which is it just shows you just how like comfortable they were making this movie and like it's a it's a little small plot line like you know she has kind of a crush on this girl and all that but just i love this movie it's that's so great when they when they yesterday. make it like when it is obvious and intentional but not emphasized if that makes sense like yeah that it's not the key defining thing of her character right like i much like I haven't being seen this, gay but you... as it just is <laughs> right exactly but you but you exactly. saying that, like, you know, she has a crush on this person, whatever. Like, it's cool that it is just part of her character. And it's like, yeah, this is normal. This is people. Yeah. This is people. And we don't have to make a big deal about it. But it also is, like, awesome. And it is, like, a big deal. It's super and, cool that, like, it, that it's just and outward. Another part, like that. Yeah. 
that I really like about the movie and on other rewatches, like I'm really stating is like, honestly, the whole family is, you could, a, a lot of people online are saying they're all kind of maybe autistic and they're on, on their own spectrum. And, and, you know, and it's just, this movie is showing a lot, like how you can be different and still just be loved and accepted and, and just be still be normal because what the fuck is normal anyways? It's, it's just a fuck. Exactly. So I love this movie. Uh, As why he would would say, normal is a social construct. <laughs> exactly. Uh, How did you feel about this movie? Did you see it? I did. I watched it again. It feel right like Raya. It feels like it came out a long time ago. Now I, I'm pretty sure it hit Netflix in like March. Um, but I so I like I wrote down on my little legal pad. I knew Damon was going to draft it, and I was excited about that because I know how much Damon loves it. I. I, I think it's fine. Um, but <laughs> this makes me want to rewatch it because of how much you talk. Because I've never really properly like, had a conversation with you about why you love this movie. So this now like really makes me want to give it another try. Because I, I, there were parts about it that I do genuinely really loved. I think the voice cast is all fucking incredible. Um, Eric Andre especially. I think he's great as the uh, like the villain. Um, but yeah, it, I, I just think that I when I watched it, I think this Luca and Raya all came out very closely to each other. And so it's mm -hmm. like, I was kind of like, I was over the moon for Luca and then Raya and Mitchell's, I was like, ah, you know, I just didn't think about them after watching them. So I kind of want to rewatch both of them now because you know, they've, they've been drafted, but I, yeah, this movie is when you said it was written, it feels like it's written by like Gen Z cusp millennial or like Tumblr shit post. I think that for many people that's exciting. And then when I hear that, I just get a headache, but I, I totally get why that's a selling point for people. <laughs> um, I think the animation is absolutely gorgeous. It's probably is its strongest suit. It's obviously, you know, it's Lord and Miller. So they seem to have a corner on that now, but yeah, I, I think it's when it, it swings big and like, some of it misses for me, but when it hits and when the jokes hit, I remember when I was watching it, like belly laughing at a couple parts. So I just, your love for it makes me enjoy it more. <laughs> All right. So neither of y'all have seen it, right? No. Correct. Yeah. We, yeah. Huh. So all I can say is it, it just be ready for, to laugh and, and hopefully you enjoy it. Um, yeah. it, it, there's, like I said, it really is very Tumblr. Like it's just a lot of, it has some most complete random shit post like jokes in there that just doesn't make any sense. And that's the whole point. I really um, miss Tumblr. I don't understand. <laughs> I was not a Tumblr person, so I don't quite understand that. Uh, what, what that means, but okay. So um, Dom, you I, make me feel a little better then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, just watch the movie. And you'll maybe you'll start getting an idea of what it would be. Um, but there's some robots in there that are just hilarious with the yeah, things the they do. And, yeah. And the jokes they like, there's a lot of just self-deprecating jokes and and all like that. Some a lot of dinosaur humor, really good stuff right there. Um, because yeah. of the little the bro the little brother is is all about dinosaurs and it, yep. he's great. He's really great in this movie. Me but too. I, I just implore y'all to watch it. Everyone, it is like I said, this is my favorite animated movie since Spider Verse. So that's high high praise for me. Yeah. We'll definitely check it out. All right, that is the end of the draft. <sighs> we can breathe. We got our movies, y'all. Um, I'm very happy. Those were the four I wanted. Nice. Um, sounds like y'all kind of went a little, you know, <laughs> stole a little bit from everybody. Uh, 
Y'all feel good about y'all's boards? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. There wasn't a lot left that I... Like, there are a couple of things that, looking back at it, I wish I'd had. Like, th- these are not my top, like, four favorite movies, but my big picks did get picked up by other people also. Like, I would have been really upset if, like, Last Night in Soho had not gotten picked, like, by anyone kind of... So, like, there's there's some stuff in here that I'm glad is on the boards, um, just in general. Uh, obviously, there are, like, honorable mentions and things that I haven't gotten to see yet this year and ones that I did see that I regret seeing. Um <laughs> Yes, let's let's talk about that, y'all. So, just like we're dropping this podcast on what is it the the eighth, I believe, yep. mm-hmm. and so that's when y'all be hearing Gator at some point after. Obviously, there's still several movies that have not come out. Tragedy Macbeth coming out December. There's several ones coming out in the, on Christmas. The new Matrix, you know, there's there's several no that way just home. yeah, no, no way, way home. home. Yeah. I was thinking about just drafting No Way Home. Like I'm sure it's going to be really good. Preemptively, I, yeah. I told Kristen that I was going to, and she was like, "You can't do that. That's against the rules." I was like, "Damn it!" Yeah, we I 100% that was yeah, I was definitely going to do that. Um, but you know, we just we needed had to do this when we could, um, in case we just wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So mm-hmm. think, have that in mind, and also there's Please. a lot of movies that we couldn't draft. Um, yeah. I'm just going to throw a couple of minor mentions and then we can move on. One movie, actually, I have technically in my top four, but I just I literally watched it like this past week. Right. So, I mean, it's it just doesn't hold enough for me. Like, I want to see it again. But Promising mm-hmm. Young Woman was Wait, that's that was, 2020. That, that, that would have been my year. first pick. Because it's, why did it say 2021 when I look it up? I think it had a limited no. release in 2020 because it also qualified right. for 2020 Oscars. So. We're redoing yeah. this podcast if that's eligible. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Well, good thing. 100. Yeah, we will be <laughs> redoing that. It. Okay, it does say tw- it said 2021 on when I was watching it. So that, we saw the that, same like, thing though. I, I remember when we were looking at our list. Dominic was like, "That wasn't this year," and I was like, "No, it wasn't." That's we right. It, it came out like yeah. Judas and the Black it's Messiah it. was like January 21, but it qualified for 2020 Oscars. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, well then. Anyways, that movie is yeah. wow. So <laughs> watch that movie. So good. Um, I had Raya also number six for me. Um, the harder they fall, really great. I've not seen that great yet. Movie. I want to see it though. In the Heights, Psych three. I figured I wasn't going to get to it, but I had to mention it. I love Psych. This was the best Psych movie. Yes, Black Widow. I had Pig on my on my shortboard. Uh, Cruella was. Better than I ever, ever thought it would ever be. Ditto. Yeah, second that. And then I just want to mention um, Malignant because it is maybe the most batshit horror movie I've ever watched. And it's not just for me. It's it's not just a horror movie, though. But yeah, uh, you wouldn't like it. No. (laughs) And then just shout out to Mortal Kombat, which was so (laughs) fun and awesome as it's not a great movie, but damn it, did I have fun watching it. So Yeah, another movie that was not I would not qualify as a great movie, but is one of my honorable mentions because it was just super fun and kind of felt like a little in the vein of uh, James Gunn, like it knew what it was and it was fun start to finish, was uh, the second Venom. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm surprised that Kristen didn't pick it because she oh my God. said it's not a huge Kristen, movie. I love you. I love you. Yeah, I like this love movie this movie a lot. I almost, I, oh, I've almost I bought have, it. I have so not good. laughed so hard for such, Nobody a likes long, you, <laughs> for such a long period of time. Like, it was almost like scrolling through 
TikTok. We're just like yeah. it was just like hit after hit after hit. Just like I could not stop laughing. It was so good. The it's sense ridiculous. of humor really hit me like right in the heart. And then also I wanted to cry at the end. I don't know. It hit yeah. all the things for me. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful rom com. I, it's guys so goddamn funny. <laughs> just I can't get over how funny it was and. Like talk about like not taking her seriously. That's that like at its best. Yeah, it's, oh, like, yeah. it's not Tom that. Hardy. He's usually like an action star. And like one of my favorite things is when people just let Tom Hardy be Tom Hardy and be really funny. He's great. I think a lot of and... times he gets past like, no, you're gonna be serious and you're gonna be strong and you're just gonna that's what you're gonna do. And then yeah. when he's like, this movie's hysterical. It's and you can understand so... what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's also there's, I was there's born old, in the darkness. Old, there's an old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's an old PS2 game that me and my brothers really like. It's Japanese. No one's ever heard of it. It's called Okage. And like the main character is like this little boy who's like possessed by a shadow king like demon who just like is his shadow now and go around doing miss- missions. And so when I saw this, I immediately texted my brothers. And I was like, that's what that video game. This is exactly what that video game would be like as a movie, guys. You have to see it. You have to watch it. And like, I adore Okage. Fucking incredible. Kyle's the best. <laughs> I'm drafting Kyle right. first. Yeah. Someone <laughs> list <laughs> some honorable mentions. Um, I'm also going to go ahead. Oh, no. Okay. No, go ahead. You were, you were already on a roll. You go ahead. I had one more. It, uh, Violet. Um, yeah. I thought really good and, 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 and not perfect by any means, but um, I thought was was a really good movie and really is also. That a prequel a, to Willy Wonka? It is, yes. Okay. Good. I <laughs> no, we're it. getting the shitty one with Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, it also like just really uh, made my anxiety go off the fucking charts, but uh, but it, I thought it was worth sitting through, um, and it was and it was yeah, it was really good. I really like that one. Um, I want to put up on there besides Venom. I liked No Sudden Move. We watched that one. It's got uh, Benicio del Toro and Don Cheadle in oh, it. Was that the oh, Soderbergh yeah. one? And yeah. Brendan Fraser. What's that? Yeah, Steven mm-hmm. Soderbergh one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Again, I found it to be like charming and like a really fun like good like organized crime movie watch through where like these all seem like real people like Benicio Benicio del Toro again hysterical when you let him be funny like that was a lot of fun I like this the score and the soundtrack of that one a lot too like really got to me um and then another honorable mention I want to throw on here is one of the Benedict Cumberbatch movies that came out this year which would be The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne uh, based on a true person story, I think that we saw a lot of movies this year that were like very, very serious. Like I think very dry, like minimal. It's like, like we saw The Dig, which I also really liked. But again, very kind of like still, oh, like not, right. not like very emotional, like very like rewarding, like story wise. But just like we saw a lot of movies that were just like, here's like the scenes and it's very minimal, like shots and minimal sound and like not a lot of emotion and like very straightforward stuff and this was the only one that i saw that was like a historical movie that like took a very serious kind of thing and like serious characters and was based on a real person and it had like a levity to it and a warmth and a charm that was really really enjoyable i really loved it um i again i cried at the end it was pretty stupid um and I liked it a lot more than I expected to. I was like, damn it. I like how it's not like in the background, like in the afternoon, like trying to get through my 2021 movie list. And I did not expect it to hit me like that. And I didn't appreciate it um, in the best way. Uh, movies that I didn't get to see this year. 
I didn't get to see Licorice Pizza and Kanto or Ghostbusters before we did the draft. Those are probably the mm-hmm. big ones I would have most liked oh, yeah. to have seen mm-hmm. before we got into it. Um, and ones that I'm excited for this year. I'm very excited about Spider-Man, and I'm very excited for Nightmare Alley, which is yes. that movie that we yes. saw. Del Toro. Fucking pumped. Can't wait. Love Looks, Del Toro. I love a good spooky sideshow circus turn of the century bullshit. That's like right up. It even looked good alley, to me. So. I mean, it looked like I'm I'm going to need to sleep with the lights on for a few uh, <laughs> nights afterwards, but it looked really good. Yeah, I'm ready. Um, And then I don't think it's coming out this year. I think it's coming out next year. The other horror movie we saw a trailer for, it's based on a short story. The Black Telephone. Yes, the Ethan Hawke one. Uh, yeah. Yes. Fucking yes. So jazzed. Good. I think yes. it's I think it's a 2022 release. I'm pretty sure. Um, it is. Yeah. But that was one that I was disappointed when I saw the trailer, and I was like, ooh, and then I was like, oh fuck, we're not gonna be able to draft. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited for that one too. Um, and then I'm gonna say that movies I was a little disappointed with. I I liked Lamb. Okay, I didn't like it as much as I had been hoping to. Uh Obviously, we did not like the card counter. In case the you card can't. counter can go fuck itself. Um, also, the guilty not not as didn't stick with me like I Doesn't wanted. Doesn't hold to. up great. It yeah, was guilty yeah. of sucking more like. Which is I weird because right? it's like it's not like it was a movie that came out a few years ago and it doesn't hold up now. They made it in 2021, which was a yeah, really odd man. choice. You know, it almost felt like you ever see those like uh, Instagram posts where it's like writing prompts or like horror stories in two sentences kind of thing it's like someone yeah. took that and like let's make this a whole story and then oh it's not good which like gyllenhaal was out. fantastic but the, it yeah. was just not a it was just a by the numbers and i was bummed out because like he's doing a good job but he's mm-hmm. just not working with enough i guess and yeah. i don't know what it is that could have been that could have changed it or made it better but right disappointed <laughs> yeah all right uh, i had a couple so Documentaries aren't usually my thing, but the Val Kilmer documentary on Amazon Prime was fucking. I really want I to am see that. Very excited to watch this. Watch it. Yeah, be in like the right place, but because it, it's yeah. gutting. It, it's it's really good. Uh, Damon mentioned I Psych Three. This is Gus was fantastic. Uh, Blue Bayou, another in Dom's words, stupid movie. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't draft that. I'd be weeping in the theater uh, in the Heights. Uh, and then two Angelina Jolie movies that were flawed, but I still kind of enjoyed Eternals and Those Who Wish Me Dead. Um, yeah, two movies that just, you know, not everything worked, but there were moments that were like really great in both of those movies. And then one that is just, we talked about John Wick and it was an absolute shameless John Wick ripoff, but it's the same director. So if he wants to just do the same thing, I'm, I'm here for it. Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk. It's a fun movie, and it's mm. Bob Odenkirk being John Wick. <laughs> so, like, imagine that. It's just fucking insane. Uh, it was it was fun. He was it, it was a lot of fun. I think it was actually really close to his hospitalization too. So it was also nice to see him like healthy and like doing a, an action movie. Um, yeah. And then we we talked about this before our draft. We couldn't count it because it's a comedy special. But if Inside counted, you can be damn sure that would be my number one. (laughs) Everyone go watch Inside with Bo Burnham. (laughs) Oh, okay. Also, tell us your dishonorable mention, Kyle. Oh, yes. Uh, It's not Dom's background, even though I fucking hated that movie. The best animated movie of the last 20 years? No. Uh, Space Jam 2. Katie Banky's favorite Space Jam. No. Oh, my God. You're going to get yourself killed. That is disrespectful. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's not a bad movie. The other one's a bad movie. Yes, it is. I have built this up. It's not like my least favorite movie of the year. That's probably a Space Jam. But everyone (laughs) seemed to just lose their minds for this movie. And I felt like I watched an entirely different movie. Have you all seen the movie Free Guy? 
No, no, I have not. That was the list that we did not get to. Ryan Reynolds movie. It felt like the Lego movie, but with none of the charm of the Lego movie. Oh, <laughs> like the same kind of idea, right? Because he's like this it. NPC, but like none of the originality or charm. I mean, I encourage anyone to go see it and like make their own opinion of it because it seems like I'm the only person who feels this way. I just remember it came out and people lost their fucking shit for it. So my dad and I saw it like the next day and we left the theater like, did we watch the same movie? Like it was, yeah. it's also my dad and I never agree on movies and we both were like, yeah, we missed something like this is just not a good movie. Yeah. Oh, that's so disappointing. It was, it was not good. I've enjoyed most movies I've watched this year. Yeah, it was really a good have. year. It there was a, a good couple, year for movies. Yeah. Not in the same vein of, of like card counter. Cause that movie can fucking, I fucking hate that movie. I'm sorry. We weren't that clear. Was, How did you feel about the it's card the worst movie maybe of all time? Um, <laughs> But I've never seen Dominic stop a movie <laughs> partway through before. And I don't do it. I um, like I don't remember the last time I quit on a movie because I <laughs> I always like give it a shot. But fuck that movie. But I was kind of disappointed by uh, No Time to Die. Um, it felt yeah. a little lackluster and, and especially like Way too long because he's my favorite bond and he's in my favorite bond movie and this was just a lackluster end to that that was disappointing and then i watched um the power of the dog last night and i still don't know how i feel about that movie um i don't know if it's disappointing or incredible um i know for sure that the acting is incredible it's one of those movies that like i think you need to commit to seeing at least twice maybe three times Hmm. um because it's just like i can't describe it um but that is I figured that should be mentioned because it definitely there's something there and I don't know if it's brilliance or disappointment uh, but there's but it made me feel something and that's kind of the point of art so so I thought it should be mentioned and Benedict Cumberbatch that was the best performance I've ever seen by him he was incredible wow well any any other movies y'all wanted to just mention that give it a shout out before we get out of here Jungle Cruise was fun also I yeah. enjoyed it. Jungle Cruise was great for the Good beginning. Time. I was like, oh, this is fun. It's like the ride. And then that was the end of it for me. Uh, the first the like, 12 minutes is great. If you want to just watch Ray Fiennes be super charming old man and rip your heart out a little bit. And uh, Carrie Mulligan. And Carrie Mulligan be great Carrie Mulligan. The Dig is like a fun. No. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's uh, a good... The other ones that I didn't see as far as did either of you see The Little Things or The Feast and are they worth watching? <laughs> the Little Things. No. Uh, oh, the humans! Things. I'm excited to watch yeah. that. I haven't. The humans, we want to watch about yeah. that early, but yeah. The little things. I don't know why Denzel, Jared Leto, or Rami Malek agreed to be in because they're all great in it, <laughs> but it just is a weird, just very by the numbers generic movie. Noted. All right. Well, I think we've mentioned most of the movies that deserve to be mentioned for 2021. That was really fun. It was so fun having you uh, back again. Uh, I'm sure we'll have y'all back. I know we have Dom scheduled for a secret episode that we can't Super say. Secret. secret episode. Super secret. Secret episode. <laughs> secret <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a last Airbender episode. No, just kidding. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just about that episode, actually. The just drafting songs from that episode. Of no, last just <laughs> breaking down that one song oh. from Last Airbender. Right. Um, thank everyone for listening. Uh, keep tuning in. We thank y'all so much. We got a Spotify wrapped. Uh, you know, y'all get it for songs. We got it for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for to the 15 listeners who we are your number one podcast. That like means everything thank you. to yeah. us and just makes us like, OK, cool. We'll keep going. And maybe one day we'll grow and we'll, that number will be like 150 or something. We can only hope. 
Um, but until then, we'll see y'all next time. Kyle, what do we got in store for the people this month? Yeah, we are just rolling along on this month, celebrating all of 2021. Next week, we got our good buddy Ryan back. We're just celebrating the best episodes of television of 2021. Uh, it's going to be like harder than I thought it would be because I feel like TV <laughs> seasons is easier to kind of talk about. But specific episodes, I might just like say fuck it and draft six or f- four uh, Ted Lasso episodes. Who knows? Uh, but that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, stay tuned. Week after that, we're doing the big one, the FEs for Spider-Man No Way Home. Super, super psyched for that. So stay tuned. We'll see you all next week. See y'all. Flashpoint, the true story of Flash Thompson being Spider-Man's best friend.